when we look at things in our lives that aren't bringing us joy, my dad used to say, joy is the indicator whether something is correct or not. And so he even used joy um, to determine uh, in creating technologies whether something is right or not. We'd have two different um, uh, materials or we'd have, uh, you know, two different uh you know, laser mounts or whatever they were. And, you know, which one are we supposed to, you know, use, you know, here, you know, and he would say, whichever makes you feel joyful inside, because mm. joy is a resonant frequency that is uh, really a compass needle that guides us, you know, in the direction that we need to go. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today's guest is inventor and scientist Ross Newkirk. Ross is the founder of Conscious Technologies LLC and has created, built, and brought to market some major technologies that provide a coherent space for people to reconnect with their higher self, as well as a line of EMF harmonizing technologies that reverse the incoherent man-made EMF and bring it into harmony. He is the author of the book, Unsubscribe, A Story of One Man's Profound Discovery. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and a warm review at the top of the show page on Spotify or at the bottom of the show page if you are listening on Apple Podcast. Your opinions matter and your ratings help us to grow and help more people to be healthy, find freedom of body and mind, and live their dreams. And now, here is Paul and Ross talking about true healing. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today, I have a very interesting highly intelligent, very experienced guest, Ross Newkirk. Ross has some amazing technologies to help all of us heal, to create sacred space in our homes and wherever else we want to. And Ross's father was a very well-recognized scientist, inventor, genius, who I've watched a number of lectures with now and very impressive. And Ross is also a deep, loving man and an inventor and creator and has carried his father's genius into the world. And so I'm really excited to share Ross with you. The title of our show today is True Healing, and Ross has a lot of experience with true healing, as you'll find out. So, Ross, so lovely to have you on Living 4D with me. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on. I really appreciate this, Paul. Yeah, it's a pleasure. You know, I listened to your podcast with uh, Nathan Riley, and it was really good. I, I I dig Nathan, and it was great to hear you guys dialoguing. So um, I found the story of how your parents raised and educated you and your siblings was amazing and beautiful. It's so unusual. You know, I've studied a lot on parenting, and I've read uh, Basil Vanderklok's work on trauma and the statistics he gave in there for abuse and violence in families and drug abuse and all that was just heart-wrenching to me. And I was raised in a violent and painful family. And, and so as I was listening to your story, I thought, man, it's just so amazing what happens when parents actually love their children and know how to parent them and, and bring their genius out of them and give them life skills. Um, so I'd love it if maybe you could share a bit about your upbringing and, and what your parents taught you and how that influenced the work you're doing in the world today. Yeah, well, thank you. You know, <clears throat> um, 
it was an interesting childhood growing up. Uh, it all started, I think, with my grandparents. Um, both of them were healers uh, of various sorts. One was healed from uh, polio when everyone else, uh, all the other kids in his class um, ended up in wheelchairs or passing on. And uh, so my parents learned, both of them before they even met, learned early on the, uh, the power and the importance of prayer. And so they decided to incorporate that in their lives. And uh, our, our life, you know, was um, uh, pretty amazing growing up, although it wasn't devoid of, you know, challenges. We um, were homeless at one point. Uh, we were, uh, we ended up losing my brother. Um, you know, there was definitely some big challenges. My dad's company, you know, collapsed at one point. Um, however, uh, it was really prayer that enabled us to get through that and, and really ultimately, you know, thrive in lots of different areas. Um, we were very active growing up. You know, we had uh, horses, uh, you know, when I was in high school and uh, South American ostriches and emus. And, you know, we rode dirt bikes. And so there were, um, we were, you know, very physical in terms of uh, activities. And so we had um, challenges that would arise and uh, we were able to use uh, prayer for healing and getting us through uh, various things, um, you know, that actually ended up being quite miraculous. Um, so that's uh, sort of w uh, some of the foundation was built on that premise of, of uh, meditation and prayer and going within and realizing that actually every single answer to any problem actually exists. It's just, are we on the same frequency band uh, and are we able to connect with that? Yeah, I, I uh, you brought up a thought in me there. You know, I teach my students a concept that I think is interesting to share with you and everybody listening. If, if the nature of source, God, if some people want to call it that, we'll call it source just to keep it neutral, is wholeness. By definition, the mind is a, a cutting machine. And the ancient alchemists used to call the, lo the logos, you know, is the, the blueprint for life. They used to call it the thinking, the logos cutter, because hmm. you always have to divide wholeness to think. Otherwise, we have no way to identify anything. If you were, if your, your conscious mind cannot possibly show you the totality of the universe in any given instance, you wouldn't be able to make heads or tails of it. So because wholeness is the nature of source, Anytime we ask a question, by definition, it already has to contain the answer in it. <laughs> so right. I use the example of the Tai Chi symbol. I say yin is the empty receptive. So if you're asking a question, yin carries the seed of yang in it. Most people just don't have the discipline or the patience to sit quietly and hold that contemplative aspect of themselves so oftentimes I'll go into meditation. For example, for years, I meditated on the question, what is love? And I would just put it out to my soul and out to great spirit. And I would just sit and go into meditation and just wait for the answer. So I tell my students, you got to leave the mailbox open. If you keep pestering the mailman, you, you keep pushing yourself back into your ego and into your monkey mind. And then you'll miss the intuitive response because you can get one flash of intuition that can carry enough information to write 
the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> so I just think it's important for people to realize that when you have deep questions, the nature of the question, by definition, has the answer attached to it. Mm. Another example I give is I say to my students, if you're sitting in your yard and you've got a picket fence and one of the boards is knocked out, and all of a sudden you look and see the tail of an animal, but you don't know what it is, all you got to do is grab the tail and pull on it, and eventually you'll see the body and the head. <laughs> so the tail represents the question, what is it? And then the act of really centering yourself with the question, and naturally we can do research on the internet, go to libraries, look in our own libraries, talk to friends. But oftentimes we just get opinions or we get somebody's idea. But if you study any question, you'll find there's usually experts on either side that are equally qualified, but diametrically opposed. So I say, you're going to find that's very common in the world that you can't really get a clear answer to anything if you trust experts because they don't ever agree. They don't ever agree on anything. But if you just pull on the tail for a while, eventually you see the answer, which is the body and the head of your question. So I, I think those are some concepts that are important for people to realize. Yeah, no, that's beautifully stated. You know, I think uh, being able to see the contrast, you know, uh, you know, is so important, you know, as well, um, you know, experiencing uh incoherence so that you can really appreciate coherence uh experiencing sadness so you can experience happiness and and love and so i think you know uh this playground earth you know is really a preparatory school um as the metaphysician uh, mary baker eddy said um and i think this is uh, uh you know a place where we're just all learning and um but we're all learning different things in different ways. And that comes down to, uh, uh, you know, again, vibrational frequency in terms of uh, where we are vibrationally, you know, what we're, what we're going to attract into our experience. And also realizing that um, the uh, operating instructions and the, and the uh, so-called rules uh, change as we start to enter into different uh, um, realities or, uh, um, conscious levels of awareness and consciousness. Um, so as we start to raise our vibration, things that rules that seemingly seem so hard and set in stone at one point become more plastic and malleable. And we realize that actually they don't, uh, have to hinder us or hold us back like they, uh, like they used to. Yes. In my work, in other dimensions, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, when you're in the astral dimension, one of the challenges there is that things change as fast as your mind does. So say I'm asking what's on the other end of the tail, but all of a sudden my mind thinks what's for dinner, then the whole scene changes to whatever that thought is really like almost instantaneously mm -hmm. and as a remote viewer i had to really work to calm my mind so that i could stay focused for example if i say to my soul please take me to the top of mount rainier right now if i don't hold myself centered on that request with the intention of being on mount rainier then wherever my mind jumps to is what i end up remote viewing <laughs> 
<laughs> and the problem is you can jump all over the universe at the speed of thought. Steiner says in one of his books, one of the first things that happens when you die is you find yourself bouncing around the universe at the speed of thought. And that continues to happen until it's until you realize it's you doing the thinking. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, you know, Ross, you spoke of the importance of the journey from our head to our heart and your podcast with Nathan Riley. And there's an old saying in spiritual development circles that says the longest journey you'll ever take is from your head to your heart. Well, I think that's a very important journey. My work with patients and clients over many years of my career has shown me that the journey from the head to the heart is much harder to take if one doesn't first take the journey from their head to their solar plexus. In Taoism, there's three key chakras or dantians, the third eye and the head, the heart, and the lower dantian, which is in Chinese medicines oriented to the kidneys and the adrenal glands. But research at HeartMath showed that there's three key biological oscillators in the human body, which are the brain, heart, and solar plexus. The solar plexus is a massive ganglia with as many or more neurons in the brainstem and spinal cord contained uh, in, co in combination. So there's the, the solar plexus really is a huge ganglia of, you know, we could call it almost like brain cells. It's a, a processing center of a massive amount of information. And it's also the seat of many of our instincts, such as the instinct to move, eat, hydrate, eliminate, rest. And the organs of the solar plexus have a huge contribution to our emotions. In my work in spiritual practices, I found that rhythmic breathing and gentle movements, which I created a system called working in, Bring the brain, heart, lung system, and gut system into a rhythmic harmony so that breathing, heartbeat, and peristalsis are, in, are all in harmony at rest. And I don't know if you're familiar with the method of assessing that, but heart math says that if you take your breathing rate and then take your heart rate and divide your heart rate by your breathing rate, if you get a whole number, it means the body's in harmony. So, for example, if your heart rate's 60 and you're breathing 12 times a minute, you'd get five, which would be symbolizing the systems in the biological oscillators are working in harmony together. But if you get a fractionated number, it shows that there's a disharmony in the system. So I've Interesting. worked with that for years and tested lots of people. And I found, interestingly, in studying peristalsis, a couple of things will come up here. But one, waves of peristalsis typically go, depending on the stomach or small intestine, somewhere around five to six waves of peristalsis per minute. But when a person's in a relaxed meditative state, they can easily drop down to six to ten breaths per minute. Six is not that uncommon. And then you find the heart rate calms down a lot too. So I found just experimenting with myself and my patients and using various biofeedback devices that when a person gets into that relaxed state, they have coherence between these three centers, the brain, the heart, and the gut. And I'm sure you're aware of the information from heart math where the heart usually knows what the brain's going to perceive about five to six seconds before the brain's even aware of it. And I think it's interesting, too, because in my studies on dousing, which are quite extensive, um, one of the things that they found in research on dousers, they, they use lead shields to block all the key chakra centers, glands, 
So they block the third eye, the cranium, the throat chakra, the heart chakra. But the one area that stops people from dowsing is when they put a, a, a lead shield like you use for x-ray around the solar plexus. Hmm. They found when they shielded the solar plexus, dowsers couldn't douse. So that really, I thought, was an important finding with regard to this. So with that sort of preamble, I'd love it if you could share your thoughts in regards to the importance of including the solar plexus or gut system in our process of holistic spiritual integration and how important you feel breathing coupled with rhythmic movement is for general well-being. And do you agree that integrating all of these centers would make the journey from the heart to the head more efficient? Yeah, that's uh, um, <clears throat> some really good points there. Um, you know, ultimately, going from uh, the head to the heart is a process. And so um, going from the head to the solar plexus to the heart uh, totally resonates and makes a lot of sense because the solar plexus is the the pit of the stomach it's where the digestion occurs and um and where so much activity throughout the uh the being the body you know occurs and um i think what it is is as we move from the head to the heart uh it's uh, we have to have a desire you know to do that and i think the desire comes through an inspirational message, an angel message, uh, um, and, uh, intuitive thought that, um, first, even though, um, uh, uh, um, uh, consciousness does not reside in the brain, there's a, uh, physical manifestation, you know, that, that takes place here. So for illustration reasons, you know, we can talk about it in this, in the sense where I think a, a thought comes to the human's consciousness, which is then, um, you know, processed in in the brain, if you will, then I think it gets sent to the solar plexus, which is where that thought then needs to digest um, uh, throughout the being before it can be moved into, you know, action through the heart. Um, and so I think it feels like it's a, a processing, a way to process um, is to, uh, is to do that um, in that manner. So I think the the gut you know when people say like you know you have a gut feeling you know i think that is uh an indicator of something beyond the head and on its way to the heart um so that's how i look at it yeah um, you know oh go ahead yeah and, and you know to answer your question on the uh, the breathing um breath work is absolutely important you know um synchronized breath work um uh um uh, one of the, uh, um, you know, the, the greats, uh, Wim Hof, of course, teaches, you know, breathing where you're, you're breathing through the belly into the chest and into the head and then releasing, um, not nearly as much as you're breathing in and doing that, uh, pattern, uh, you know, 30, 40 times and then repeating it three times. And you end up feeling, uh, a sense of, uh, um, lightheadedness tingling through the body. There's an activation and energetic activation that's occurring, um, that can actually bring you into higher states of awareness and consciousness, you know? So I think that type of breath work, you know, is important. Um, and also one of the breath works that I do is I picture myself actually breathing Well, I breathe through my nose and I send the, uh, the air up through my third eye. And I picture that the third eye, which is, uh, um, above your, your two eyes where, um, 
the Hindus put their bindi mark um, and uh, through that spot and then down through my whole, like a column of, uh, uh, of light through my whole being, uh, like a, a pillar, and then uh, come out and have it exhale through my, through my mouth. And I find that that type of breath work for me um, uh, activates my higher uh, levels of awareness and consciousness. And it really stills my um, human thought, but also brings in, you know, more the, uh, the divine, you know, as well. Yeah. All of those things are fantastic and important. I'm glad we're getting to share those. And they're the kinds of things I teach in my holistic lifestyle coaching program and in the professional training, which is level two and then more advanced in level three. Um, you know, one of the things too, just with regard to biological oscillators is that it's already an act of love to participate in taking care of yourself. Mm. You know, so for my students, I encourage them to do at least 20 minutes of working in a day. And I teach them several different types of Tai Chi, Qigong exercises, but also the, the exercises in my book, How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy, which there's a whole bunch of them that I put together um, so that they could have real simple things that don't require them to have to think about anything that are not technical at all. Because I found in many instances, people would go to Tai Chi. And even after two years of Tai Chi training, I found them still trapped in their head because they were so worried about technique. Where are my hands? And my, you know, and Tai Chi masters and Qigong masters are always correcting and adjusting. So they get, <laughs> they get very mental about it. So, mm -hmm. and I've even had to rehabilitate Tai Chi masters who still had all this stuff in their head. Like they couldn't really relax very mm. well until they maybe were 20, 30 minutes into a practice. And then I would see the, the mental activity calm down. So I wanted to create very, very simple exercises that really require no thought at all. So a person can just relax into it and let go of the mind. And that radically helps people. I mean, unbelievably. Uh, and still does to this very day. And I use them all the time. But one of the things that you made me think about is, you know, having studied so many techniques and practiced them in my life. And I, as you probably know, I've been doing this for 38 years now. Um, so I've had a lot of time to explore a lot of things and study with different teachers and masters and really sort of embody because I've always felt it's my job to develop a working knowledge of all these different methods so that I know which ones are best to give to which personality, which type of person. Because there's a lot of people, if you ask them to sit and meditate, they just can't do it. You know, it'll just drive them nutty. Yeah. So absolutely. for people like that, I want to give them something dynamic. But you reminded me of a technique, which is a Buddhist technique called pure thought meditation. Are you familiar with that? I don't think so, no. Uh, it's very simple. I think you'll like it. In fact, we can do it together if you just sit with good posture. And so this is a tech. There's many ways to do this, but this is one that I've used for years and I found it really cool. And I think anyone can do it. If you're driving a car, don't do it. <laughs> um, so what you do is you imagine that right at the tip of your coccyx, you visualize as you're inhaling, like you're watching the sunrise early in the morning. 
So as you draw your breath in and fill your belly, you visualize the suns rising along the spine because your yang meridians and your governing vessel and your conception vessel, your microcosmic orbit run right around your core, right? Mm -hmm. So as you inhale, you visualize the sun rising. And when you get your diaphragm full and your lungs full, you'll see the sun sitting right up at top. Sometimes it'll come right to behind your front teeth because that's where the uh, governing vessel meets the conception vessel, the tip of the tongue. And then I say inside of myself as I exhale, the moon settles in my being. And then you'll see the moon go from new moon. And by the time it gets down to your perineum, it'll be a full moon. Hmm. Interesting. So the That's reason neat. we use this pure thought technique is because by just holding the thought and the image as I'm inhaling, the sun rises in my being. Exhaling, the moon settles in my being and I watch the moon go down the conception vessel and watch it expand in its light till it reaches full moon, then the sun rises in my being and I watch the sun rise. And it just follows the chi in your body right around the meridians. That's neat. Yeah. Wow. I could feel it. Yeah. And so the beautiful thing is, is because it gives you what the Buddhists call a pure thought. It's not a thought that really needs to be connected to anything else. Like if you said, um, God loves me, I, my pain's going to go away. Well, that can introduce all sorts of other thoughts, like will it ever go away? But if you stick to a simple concept, the sun rises in my being and the moon settles in my being, it allows you to have just enough to keep the ego busy. But because it's so repetitive, the ego kind of falls half asleep. And then you are able to keep the ego just tied up enough to keep you so that your mind isn't wandering around, but then it opens the gate to the other dimensions, astral, lower, higher, mental, etc. So you can then get all the information that maybe is sitting in your field, and it could have been there for days, but you're just not picking it up because your ego's too active. Yeah, that's great. I could really feel the uh, the sun and and actually see it, and it just like permeated downwards um, and started to encompass. So that's beautiful. I like it's that. It's very simple, but it's very powerful. And so, you know, I kind of made made a like a, a little log of all these things in my mind, you know. And so when I'm working with people, I say, okay, let's try this with you. And if you get the right technique, people can make really amazing advances very quickly. But I think most people just don't, they don't end up getting the good fortune of having a therapist or a teacher that has enough experience with not only a variety of techniques but the ability to assess who is the right one for you know who, <laughs> which technique is right for somebody so you end up in a class where everybody's doing the same thing but it might be just totally not the right idea for what you need so it's kind of i just wanted to share that with you because i thought you might like that pure thought concept yeah i like it yeah it, it uh um releases you know any human thought like you said you know because now you're just focused on something so basic you're just uh visualizing you're feeling 
um, and you're getting out of your head, which I like. Yeah. Hello, everybody. If exercise is something important to you that you are sure not to miss a day of, it's important to remember that you don't get stronger in the gym, you get stronger when you rest. If you have a hard time committing yourself to exercising enough to keep yourself fit and healthy, then learning how to do it quickly and effectively is where the magic is. There's a fine line between being in the gym and overtraining and not doing enough to keep yourself fit, but there's always a sweet spot that brings you into balance, contributing to harmony in your life. If your goal is to be your fittest while being highly efficient with your time so you can engage other important aspects of your life and produce well-being, then I've written an ebook just for you, Paul Check's Big Bang Workouts. In the book, I will teach you my Big Bang approach to fitness. You will learn what makes something a Big Bang exercise so you can identify them or even create them for yourself. How to perform some of my simple but powerful Big Bang exercises. I offer three specific Big Bang workouts, simple program design techniques you can create your own Big Bang workouts with, two important rules for maximizing your workout results that apply to everyone from novice exercises to the world's best professional athletes. If you put all the information I share and Paul checks Big Bang workouts to work in your life, you will get fitter, you'll have more energy, and you'll have more time to work in, do some art, and spend time with your loved ones. All the things that make a complete, healthy, happy human being. Get your copy of the ebook for free now at chekinstitute.com forward slash big bang. That's chekinstitute.com forward slash big bang. Enjoy Paul Check's Big Bang Workouts. You'll never feel better. Um I wanted to talk to you about information fields. I, I think that's a very important, interesting topic that I've had a long interest in. And I watched your father's excellent video on information fields on your website and took lots of notes. Um, and that just happened to be what I'm writing about in my new book <laughs> right now. So when you told me, oh, my dad has some information in this on his on our website. And I'm like, yo, this is exactly the kind of information I was looking for, you know? So I like to find people that are credible, that have concepts, ideas, experiences, or information to offer that I may have gotten given from my soul or my own experiences so that I can say, look, I'm not the only one thinking this way, you know? So when I went through his video, I was just tickled pink. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And so... um. I'm aware that you and your father designed information fields into your core harmonizer and other technologies that you sell. Um, so I'd love you to give us an overview of information technologies and how you use them. But before you do, I want to share a story with you, which I think I shared with you once, but I want to share with the audience because it's it, it was quite shocking for me. You know, when I first got your core harmonizer, I said it right here. And I have a beautiful terracotta stone floor in here with big Mexican pavers that are like a foot or more square. And, you know, terracotta is quite interesting stuff because it's highly paramagnetic. So it generates life force energy. Mm -hmm. When I have people here working with me, especially in the summertime, I often have them lay on the floor. I say, lay on the floor and tell me what you're experiencing. And every time <laughs> they say, wow, it's like I'm getting more energy in my body. And I say, that's right, because that's terracotta. Mm -hmm. And it, it produces paramagnetic energy and your body's diamagnetic, your water's diamagnetic. So when you couple a positive 
force with a negative force, it adds life force to your body. So I preface this by telling you your core harmonizer was sitting on my terracotta floor. And I thought, well, this is really going to help my writing, you know, so I turned it on and listened to it. And immediately I could feel, wow, this is a powerful <laughs> instrument. You know, <laughs> you can feel it harmonizing you on the inside. I could feel all my energy centers lining up. It was like somebody was doing a legitimate sound healing work on me, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so what I did is I, I talked to my plants and I said, do you like this core harmonizer? And they all said, yes, yes. So I thought, well, I'm just going to leave it on. And I thought I'll, I'll use it to condition the space in my office so that when I come to work, all that harmony and, and rhythm and the technology of the geometry permeates the space. So for probably the first two weeks, I just left it running 24 hours a day. Then one day I shut it off. I thought, well, maybe I'll just give it a rest. It's been working pretty hard. <laughs> so I just give it a rest. And then I came to work the next morning and I'm standing over at the sink making an espresso, but I heard the music playing and I went, I thought I shut that off last night and it kind of freaked me out. So I walked over to the core harmonizer and it was off. Wow. So I got real still and I listened. And I opened my third eye and I could feel and see the music coming out of the floors most strongly, but out of the walls and the ceiling and out of everything. So I was actually seeing the thought forms of the music in my third eye, but it was the trippiest thing. The whole house was playing the music. It had permeated the materials of the home. And through my Claire audience, I was actually, and it sounded just like it was on. I mean, it was clear enough to me that I thought, wow, I thought I shut that off last night. <laughs> wow. So it, it was really quite a shocking experience for me because I've, you know, I've got a beautiful, very exotic stereo in here and I play it <laughs> all the time and with great music, but it doesn't permeate the building and create an information field like that. So I wanted to share that story with you and with the audience to try to sort of set the stage to say that's what an information field does. So with that preface, I'd love it if you could tell us more about information fields. I have more questions for you, but I'll start with that one. Yeah, you know, that's uh, I love that story. That's, uh, you know, information fields um, uh, can create very unusual beautiful manifestations and um it's interesting that uh you shared that you know when we uh manufacture the core harmonizer um after we finish uh you know a number of them you know three or five of them at a time uh what we do is we turn them on for 24 hours and run them you know just to make sure everything's you know operating you know correctly and everything and um uh and and what we found, um, there was uh, one time that we did that where we found that actually um, at that time we were using a different uh, uh, music player on each of the core harmonizers that was playing random. And the, uh, three of the core harmonizers became non-random. We only were testing three at the time. They became non-random and they all started playing the same song. Uh -huh. uh, it, like, yeah, just like clocks going into harmony with each other. Yeah, it was it was so amazing. And I shared that with someone. 
and they wanted to see it. And this was, you know, hours later and, you know, it's random track. So it should just be going on to a different track. And they came in and it was doing the exact same thing. They couldn't believe it. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, uh, information fields when used correctly, um, uh, create uh, tremendous coherence and harmony and synchronicity. Um, so basically, what is an information field? An information field is a non-physical field, just like the uh, historically there's been five non-physical fields in science that are uh, readily understood and known, and that's the electric, uh, electric field, magnetic field, gravitational field, and strong and weak uh, nuclear attraction field. And there's also something called an information field. And the, um, uh, the Russians actually were the first to discover information fields and utilize them and study them. And they spent uh, half a billion dollars studying the subject matter. So not only was it a real thing, they, they um, discovered, uh, you know, how to utilize them. And so that was um, our premise uh, into information fields is my dad actually worked with uh, some of these top scientists um, briefly uh, that um, I um, shared with him about information fields, and he had studied for many, many years uh, on creating technologies to raise human consciousness. And so uh, he realized that um, using information fields in order to create a very coherent, harmonious field was necessary to do this. And so um, our technologies, depending on uh, the one we're talking about, um, utilize uh, information from light information from music and uh, geometries, which inherently create their own information field. And someone might say, well, what is an information field? I, I still don't understand. Well, an information field, um, uh, you can see it in, uh, some people have heard of and can see auras, mm -hmm. an auric field around a being. Uh, you've probably seen pictures. Some people have seen pictures in you know, the Bible and other um, ancient drawings and stuff with this uh, glow behind the person's head. That's a, uh, an auric field. And um, you can actually train yourself uh, through uh, different practices to be able to see that field. Um, and there's advantage of, advantages of being able to see that field because you can actually understand uh, um, uh, what is going through that you know, person's uh, consciousness. You know, are they uh, good intent, uh, uh, bad intent? You know, are they struggling with something physically? Um, so energy healers can see that, that field and they can uh, uh, make energetic adjustments uh, um, to the patient or a client. Um, to help uh, bring uh, coherence into their field and actually change that auric field. Another example of an information field um, that most people have uh, felt is uh, nature. If you go out into a deep forest, and uh, especially if you have your, uh, your shoes off and you're just standing there in, in nature, even if you aren't, don't have your shoes off, um, and you're deep in the woods and you're not on your <laughs> cell phone or device, um, and you're just quiet, you just feel better. That is a uh, coherent information field that nature is giving off. Um, all beings give off an information field. Um, uh, all things give off an information field as well. Um, sometimes you can go into a space and it, and it uh, wigs you out or it feels really good. That's an information field that you're picking up on. Um, you can sometimes feel... Uh, uneasy about someone or, or very comfortable with someone, that's an information field that is being given off. 
So uh, we learned how to create technologies that would um, amplify uh, and create uh, information fields and also take the information from light and music. So we actually have a physical source of light. Uh, sometimes it's in the case of a laser. Um, sometimes it's in the case of uh, um, full spectrum bulbs uh, and other sources. And we're taking the information from that that we're all attracted to and then projecting it into a space. Um, and and uh, so you actually don't have to see the physical light because we're getting the essence of it, if you will. Um, and the same applies with the music. Um, most people most of our technologies play music and most people like the sound of the music, but we're actually, again, taking the essence or the information from that music and um, uh, conditioning space with it, if you will. Um, all the technologies that we create are never doing anything to someone. So there's no subliminal messages. Um, we're not acting on the individual. What we're doing is we're creating a very coherent environment. And when that, when someone enters into that environment, they have the opportunity to more readily uh, connect to higher levels of awareness and consciousness. Because um, the truth of the matter is, is we're omniscient beings, all-knowing beings, and we're multidimensional. And a lot of us are walking around uh, in our heads, um, and we just think that we're separate and alone, but that's actually uh, not the case. We're actually all interconnected, and we have... Uh, um, lots of amazing abilities. We have uh, self-healing capabilities within us. We have intuitive capabilities, perceptive capabilities, all that lies within us. And when we're able to raise our awareness and understanding and consciousness um, and, and information fields is, is a great way to do it um, through these technologies, which are really, my father, uh, Mark Newkirk, used to um, call them training wheels because uh, he said the most amazing piece of technology actually exists in each one of us. Um, uh, but it is nice to have uh, some support from, uh, you know, these technologies, um, nature, uh, you know, other healers and so forth to help uh, allow us to express more of ourselves. So that's sort of the, uh, the, the basics of uh, information fields and, you know, how we use them. Um, now, wouldn't because radio waves and television waves or, or frequencies from the broadcast station, they're actually non-local. They're everywhere. So, wouldn't you? Would it be safe to say that the broadcast from a TV or radio station is an information field itself? Yeah, you know it is. Uh, you know, it's a, a frequency, you know, that is being um, projected outwardly and uh, you have to have the receiver, um, you know, the television, the the radio to be able to tune into that broadcast. And uh, that's a great example that you're using, you know, because the same applies with a information field, you know, too. I mean, there's um, there's love being projected uh, meditators that are, you know, uh, across our planet. There's someone that's always praying. There's someone that's always sending love unconditional love out to the world, out to you. Uh, um, and it's unconditional because they don't even know you, but they are um, sending love and coherence out to the world. And so if we choose to uh, tap into that frequency, we can, you know, benefit, you know, and receive that. Um, and we can also broadcast that as well. It's interesting because have you ever by chance read or listened to the book, The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg? 
I've heard of it. I have not read it though. No. I'll tell you what. It's a big book. So it's like maybe 700 pages. Oh, but wow. the, the audio book is mind blowing. And for a guy in your business and with your knowledge, it's priceless. It'll blow your mind. It gives you all the science on the effects of electricity and electromagnetic devices and electronic technologies and what they've been doing to people and the earth all the way since they're way back in the 1700s at the first advent of static electric charges, um, the beginning of the telegraph wire, a lot of wild stuff. But one of the things he talks about in there is people with hearing problems and how they can use frequencies on small electrical currents and it enhances their hearing quite a bit. But something that was really interesting in there, and I, don't, I may not have the details 100% correct, but there are people that can actually hear people talking on cell phones inside their head whenever they're in the information field <laughs> where cell phone calls are going back and forth. These are very electrically sensitive people. Mm -hmm. But he talks about a case or two where people can actually literally hear conversations in their head without a phone. And they've been able to verify that this is actually going on. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. You know, I, I think uh, um, it, it just demonstrates, uh, you know, our capacities, you know, and how, uh, underutilized uh you know most of them are you know we we have uh um just uh, abilities beyond our wildest imaginations and i think uh as we as we raise our vibration as we raise our consciousness we can start to express that you know and it really um uh i know you know about the akashic record bank that uh is this uh wealth bank of information that flows throughout the universe which um, as a remote viewer, which I, I know you're a very good remote viewer, um, you're able to, uh, you know, tap into this information bank, go back in time, forward in time, um, you know, and you start to see time is really uh, simply a construct, a human construct. Um, yeah, it, <laughs> it's wild, you know, when you really start to dive into things. It's really amazing. Have you ever found yourself feeling frustrated because you can't find food worth eating in airports when working on the road, traveling, or when pressed for time and you have to rush out of the house before you can make something you can trust as real food? I know I sure have. Well, I've got a beautiful surprise for you. I found Paleo Valley. Paleo Valley has extremely high standards and use only the highest quality, cleanest sources for their animal and plant food products, and they have excellent jerky meats, neatly packaged so you can take them anywhere and never be stuck without something great to feed your beautiful body and stabilize your mind. I love their pasture-raised turkey sticks in their original or cranberry orange flavor. I'm allergic to beef, but Angie, Penny, and the kids absolutely love their grass-fed beef sticks, which come in jalapeno, summer sausage, garlic summer sausage, teriyaki, and original flavors. I can assure you Paleo Valley's meat sticks are so good you could literally make a meal out of them or have them as snacks and you'd feel satisfied and satiated and know you've fed your body top quality nutrition that will make your cells dance for joy. Paleo Valley has lots of other great additions to meet your food nutrition needs and their website is loaded with great articles, podcasts, recipes, and more. Go to paleovalley.com, that's P-A-L-E-O valley.com, and get your 15% Living 4D discount by using the code CHECK15. That's small K-C-H-E-K, -E 15 on checkout. The whole family will be satiated, 
nourished, and glad that you did. Enjoy. My wife Angie, who's a shaman, she she used to go to hospitals with her dog because it had a lot of healing properties and it always knew who was going to die. And so she had an arrangement with some nurses because once they found out her dog had the ability to do this, they liked to know which patients were, you know, in serious trouble and on their way out. So she would go visit the hospitals and her dog Maggie would stop at the bed of the patients that were close to death. And every time she was right. But so she would let the dog lay with that person and, and it would have a healing effect on them. And I've also heard of many people that find holding their cats and letting their cats purr has a healing effect on them. So what's your thoughts on, on a cat's purr being an information field? Yeah, you know, that um, that uh, the rhythmic, natural um, uh, voicing of... Uh, um, Vibration vibration yeah you know th- through the uh, the cat's purr you know it's it's like the uh, the ohm symbol you know uh uh the ohm sound the ohm you know that we're all accustomed to uh nasa has gone out in space and and apparently uh measured the sound of the universe and it is that ohm sound um you know we're currently working on a piece of technology right now that uses the frequencies and vibrations of honeybees. We're wow. actually going to uh, make this an open source, our first open source project um, so that it can spread throughout the, uh, uh, you know, the world. Um, and what we're doing is we've recorded the sounds of honeybees um, and uh, honeybees have uh, healing effects that um, uh, um, they give off through the vibrations of their wings um, and, uh, and their movements, uh, you know, uh, and their, uh, various communications. And in other countries, um, they use honeybees, uh, for, uh, um, releasing of stress and healing of all sorts of things where they actually build, they'll take a shed, they'll build a shed, and then they'll have the hives accessed from outside of the shed where the honeybees fly in an individual or individuals go inside the shed and you actually lay on the honeybee boxes and those micro vibrations from the wings, the, uh, the pheromones uh, that uh, the bees give off, um, uh, they actually clean the air as well. And you're um, in a very coherent environment. So we're um, recreating that uh, with some other technology and using that. Um, so we're, we're going to have um, basically four hive bodies that are connected together and you're going to lay on uh, tempered glass and we're going to have um, four um, really high quality speakers that um, uh, play really low tones um, and high tones uh, that are going to be um, funneling that uh, frequency up and hitting the glass. Um, And it's going to be going through some uh, honeycomb that we've uh, recreated um, by looking at uh, nature and and so forth. And there's some other materials and so forth that are in it. Um, But yeah, just nature has its own healing resonance and healing tones and um, just immersing yourself in nature uh, is so healing in itself. And people have, uh, um, you know, received great benefits by doing that. And I think man has, uh, um, pulled, uh, himself, herself away from nature for so long that that's why more and more people are experiencing, uh, various ailments is it just shows that, uh, we're, we've become disconnected, but when we reconnect, 
you can rapidly heal. I mean, during the, uh, the, uh, this, um, whole pandemic, you know, we saw how fast, you know, in other countries, the earth was healing and the skies were cleaning up and <laughs> water quality, you know, very, very quickly. So, uh, earth is a healer. Um, and if man can, uh, behave a little better, you know, I think, uh, the earth will be just fine as long as we change our ways and we have a long ways to come. Uh, a lot of us do anyways. Yes, that's true. A couple thoughts came to my mind. Have you ever thought of using quartz crystal instead of glass on the honeybees? Because glass blocks the infrared frequency and sound produces light. Um, I've studied the work of John Stuart Reed, who's the world's leader in cymatics, and he actually shows the physics of sound. And he shows that when sound is produced, it expands as a bubble and it releases infrared light and that the light moves at the speed of light and it goes infinitely out. And so different sounds can produce different uh, light frequencies depending on the nature of the sound. And being that the, the vibration of a bee's wings are so high, it seems quartz, a quartz sheet of glass, quartz crystal, not glass, but it, you can... Like they, they use it in research a lot because they don't want to block certain frequencies. So they have quartz beakers and quartz jugs and things for, for specifically for research because they don't want to block the ultraviolet light. But it might be an interesting thing for you to look into to see if I, I can actually, uh, uh, I've got a chapter of a new book by John Stuart Reed. I can ask him if I can share that with you because it has the, uh, physics of of how sound produces light and it's really phenomenal and i've got a section on my new book where i got his permission to use several of his images and diagrams that are quite profound so it might be an interesting thing for you to experiment and see if maybe a quartz uh, crystal sheet would be more therapeutic due to the fact that it wouldn't block any of the frequencies yeah that's that's uh very interesting um uh, you know, and, um, quartz, as you know, has, uh, many amazing, uh, characteristics and qualities to it. Um, with an information field, the beautiful thing about it is, is, um, as you're generating an information field, um, uh, depending on how it's done and so forth, um, information fields, just like a remote healer, uh, can send love, you know, to someone, uh, far, you know, uh, on the other side of the planet, yeah. um, it doesn't uh, drop off like the inverse square law, and so um, there are no there's lead can't shield an information field or brick walls or so forth. So yeah, I'll definitely tune into that. Um, it's interesting and uh, and and see uh, if it uh, would um, you know be uh, applicable for what we're what we're doing here. But I I do know that information fields aren't hindered um by by that kind of thing generally um but uh but using something more natural like that is is and and it has its own frequencies and vibrations so yeah i i appreciate you bringing that to my attention well the other thing too is beyond the information field the vibration of the wings can be producing all sorts of other healing effects and because the spectrum of sound and light goes beyond what standard glass gives if a person's going to lay on it and the other as you know quartz amplifies signals absolutely yeah. so using quartz instead of glass would actually be basically amplify the vibration of the healing effects of the bees vibrations 
So you can double up. You can have the information field effect, but you can also have the therapeutic effect of the of the sound vibrations and the light they're producing. Yeah, absolutely. You well, made great. me you made me think of something else too, because I've studied B Shaman. I used to be a friend with an, a lady named Lane Redman, who's world famous and recognizes the world's best female drummer. She died a few years back, but she was a friend of mine. She was a, a, a what's called a bee priestess in the bee shaman tribe. And working with her, I, I started doing more research into bees and I came across information that was quite interesting. They suggested that it's not unusual for bees to sting people right on a meridian that links to an organ that's got health problems or diseases. So I started paying attention whenever anyone around me got stung by a bee. And every time they got stung right <laughs> on a meridian and it had something to do with a problem they were having. That's that interesting. Was, yeah, it's different than if you irritate bees. Then they're attacking you to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. But every now and then, for no reason, people just spontaneously get stung. And I'll give you an example. I was working with a lady doing a, uh, a healing ceremony with plant medicines. She was really quite in a negative, dark place and had a lot of grief trapped in her and just was, was really kind of like someone in a, in a dark night of the soul. And she was sitting outside in my Tai Chi area, just sitting on a bench, just quietly listening to the music I was playing. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a bee came and stung her right on the finger. Hmm. And I, she got really upset. And I said, you know, the first thing you want to do is not get upset. And the second thing is you want to ask yourself, why would a bee come out of nowhere to sting me? And the third thing I wanted to point out to you, and this is me talking to her, I said, look where the bee stung you. And I showed her right where it was. I said, that's exactly on your heart meridian. You just wow. got stung bang on the heart meridian. <laughs> and that's what you're here to work on is healing the pain in your heart. So here's your first lesson in learning how not to see everything from a negative perspective. You have to start asking yourself, <laughs> why would a bee come out of nowhere and sting me right on the heart meridian if it was a negative thing? So I was trying to show her if she changes her orientation toward life to look for what's possible or what the gift is instead of always thinking somebody's trying to attack her and being the victim. So it, it was really quite a surprise for her. And I actually said, if just so, you, just so you know that I'm not BSing you, I went and got a meridian chart and showed her. And sure enough, she could see it was right on the heart meridian, right exactly where she got stung. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's, it's like the, the um, universe is the master of infinite detail. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like um, a lot of times our human mind comes in to try to translate or judge, you know, based on past experiences and programming that we have and i think um as we uh you know move more into the uh you know out of the head to to the solar plexus and then and then the the heart we can start to realize and tune in like you did on like hey you know what if it's not what it appears here what if it's something actually here to bless you and uh, that's beautiful that you're so in tune to <laughs> be able to pick up on that that's great well when you've been through as much pain in your life as i have you 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 either have to play the victim and get angry and frustrated and take lots of drugs and trust doctors, or you have to orient yourself toward what I call the pain teacher and say, you know, what is it that I'm being given as a lesson here? 
And I found every time we actually work with our pain to heal, one thing that happens aside from us healing is we become very attuned to who's carrying the same pain that we've had because we know the energy signature of it. We know what it looks like, feels like, sounds like. We know the facial expressions, the postures, the gestures. So I found that by working with pain and letting it guide me, it's taking me into all sorts of amazing experiences. And sometimes if I'm dealing with a lot of pain, I'll, I'll do a, a medicine ceremony and I'll, I'll ask my soul to guide me into what it is that I'm meant to learn from it. And I'll pick up all sorts of wild and interesting information like that. So I've been kind of recording all this for many, many years so that I can work with somebody and say, you know, you, you might want to try this crystal or you might want to try, um, you know, maybe spending more time handling earthworms. Uh, for example, when people have small intestine problems, if you look at the earthworm, it's like the small intestine. So I say, spend more time relating to earthworms and, and dig them up and touch them and feel them and open your heart to them and see if there's something in the earthworm's energy field that can support your intestinal tract. So it sounds, you know, to a lot of people, it sounds like I'm a real weirdo, but the reality of it is most people that come to see me have failed in the medical system and I've got a pretty damn good track record. And I, I find that if people aren't open to that kind of stuff, then the, the reason they're in pain is usually because they're so closed minded that they just keep doing the same things over and over again, even when the environment's changing or relationships are changing, you know, so they're, they're acting like a, 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 a big rock in the flow of the river of consciousness and don't realize they're creating the resistance that's causing them the pain projecting it out onto somebody else mm, yeah no that's right yeah the pain is the representation of the the resistance uh um you know from you know what uh our, what our true nature is um you know which is in the absolute it's really perfection but it's been overlaid with all sorts of programming and uh you know past experiences and so forth but when we can get get away from that uh resistance and open uh ourselves up to infinite possibility and i think the best way to do that is go into the childlike mind you know because the childlike mind is exploratory you know it's uh inquisitive um and you know uh some what i love about healing is that you don't have to uh have spent you know 30 years up on a mountaintop meditating um you know, it's, it's never too late to be able to, uh, to heal yourself. And, um, and, and a lot of these methods to healing yourself are literally just getting out of your own way, quieting the, the mind, listening and receiving. One of the biggest, uh, lessons that I learned growing up, uh, from uh, my family and I learned was the letting go stage. You would spend your time praying, meditating and so forth. And sometimes there'd be cases that, you would still be, you know, struggling whatever w with whatever physical symptom you were dealing with, and it wouldn't yield. And sometimes it would progressively get worse, and you would be thinking, "Gosh, you know, I'm not, you know, am I just not in tune? You know, what's wrong? What's wrong here? I thought I did the work, but what we finally learned was the letting go stage. You do the work, you correct the uh, the um, the thought within your mind uh, of what you really want to see." And don't focus on the physical because the physical is the manifestation of thought. And sometimes there's that time delay between 
when you have a coherent thought and when you have a coherent manifestation. And so <clears throat> hold what you want in your thought, focus on it, and then just let go. You've done the work. You don't have to keep monitoring it. Don't keep, you know, getting tested or looking at it or prodding it or poking it, you know, just literally let go. And a lot of times um, people, you know, go to sleep or fall asleep and they wake up and um, during that so-called time frame, uh, the consciousness has now accepted this new uh, higher idea or program about the individual and the physical uh, manifestation um, uh, ends up changing. Um, but just that letting go stage, you know, <laughs> it seems so simple, but it can, it can uh, sometimes be a challenge. Yeah, you're bringing up a thought in me, and and that is, you know, pain is 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 a form of limitation, mm. and in all my meditations and research, as as a mystic, one of the challenges I had with with understanding rationally. That if God is unconditional love, then why is there so many conditions and so much pain and so much grief and, 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 you know, challenges in life and in the world? So I went into meditation and I asked my soul to please connect me to source consciousness. And my soul told me I was connected. I said, God, if you are unconditional love, then why did you create all these limitations? It, it seems like so much pain and sadness in the world all the time. And the answer that I got back was quite profound. The answer was, I create limitations so that I can love myself unconditionally. Wow. <laughs> and it just hit me like a lightning flash. I'm like, Yes, because if everything was unconditional love, by definition, there would be no means of loving. If there's no I, thou, then there's nobody to love. Mm. But because God, by definition, is that for which there is no other, there is nobody else to love. So God looks into itself and imagines and, and sees its potentials, which is you and I and every living being in the universe. And the limitation that's necessary to create the other so that love has the capacity to be a living experience. I define love as the flow of energy and information through empathic and compassionate connection to self or other. So God had to create a self or other, or there's no way for the flow of energy and information or consciousness to emerge. So I found it quite fascinating that all the limitation is really so that God can love itself unconditionally. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I mean when I do these contemplative meditations because those aren't the kind of questions you can easily find answers to no matter how powerful your search engine is. So whenever I come up against a wall like that, I say that's my signal to go talk to my soul or talk to you know Rumi or or Kabir or uh in any any soul that's ever lived on the planet that I think might have the answer and I get a lot of amazing information that way mm, that's awesome 
P3OM by Bioptimizers is hands down one of the most important supplements to have on you everywhere you go. If you're traveling, if you go to work, if you're going to friend's house to eat, this product will knock out food poisoning and almost any kind of gut disorder from viruses, bacteria, fungi, whatever could irritate your gut so quickly. It's mind-blowing. I have been using this product since Wade Lightheart first turned me on to it, and he's the formulator of it. And I've got Wade here to tell us how it works, but I just want you to hear it from me. I have all my clients use this. I try to get it to friends, to family members, because it is really like your own bodyguard. So Wade, how in the world does this thing work so well every time? Well, as you know, we're very research oriented and we have literally a university in Croatia that we do microbiome testing with our labs of PhDs to find out what's the most effective formulation. And we are quickly moving into the post-antibiotic world where we need to cultivate super probiotics. We all heard of super bad bacteria in hospitals and stuff that are antibiotic resistance. But what we did, we worked with a medical doctor that was able to take an aggressive strain of L. plantarum, which is a very aggressive strain, and then put it through almost like a BUDS camp, a Navy SEALs training, where we subjected this particular probiotic to a toxic environment. We ran a sine wave through it. And out of that survived only about somewhere between two and 3%. We then take that and grow it on very special food. We feed them just like you would feed a great athlete. You feed them special food and the probiotics develop unique capabilities. We have a U.S. patent that is so powerful, I can't read it on the airwaves because we'd get canceled. But what I can say is when you put P3OM in your body, it goes out and breaks down any undigested protein whether it's in your gut or through your blood system. And it becomes your Navy SEALs defense force, if you will, to go out and wipe out whatever pathogen might come in your body. You just need more of these guys to overwhelm it. It takes it out. It cleans up any messes. And for the last 18 years, I've been using P3OM daily. And I can honestly say I've never been sick during that time. If I feel something coming on, I just double down my dosage take four caps every night. If I get a little, if I'm traveling, I take twice that. And it's been great. A lot of our people do it. And it's one of our best selling products. And it's available to your audience. Just go to p3om.com slash living 40, put in Paul 10, get a 10% discount. And if it's not the best probiotic you've ever had in your life, you get 100% of your money back. That's from us at Bioptimizers. That's our guarantee for you. Go get it. It's for real. I love the stuff. Thank you, Wade. Uh, Ross, knowing that every cell, gland, organ, our brain, and body as a whole is producing information fields that interact with each other, what are some of the things anyone can do within their home environment or in or on their body to enhance producing uh, supportive information within their information fields? And which of the technologies that you offer can be used to support maintaining a state of coherence for more robust health and vitality and even supporting? getting deeper into spiritual practices such as meditation. You know, I found your core harmonizer is a phenomenal tool for that all by mm. itself, but that, that's not something that a lot of people can afford. It's what is it? $5,600. Um, yeah. Depending on uh, the pine one is uh, 4,800. 
And then they go up from there, depending on if you want pine, oak, or cherry. I mean, um, it's certainly a worthy investment. I'm sure as hell glad I got one. Um, I'm, I, I, I told the girls, as soon as I can afford it, I'm going to buy another one. And they like, me like <laughs> you know, we got a lot of things to spend that money on on this property. I'm like, yes, but it's helping the kids relax at night and sleep better. So the girls kind of made it theirs. <laughs> it sits in the hallway right between the two kids because the kids' doors are almost across from each other. So we put it in the hallway and we leave their doors open a little bit at night. And, and the girls turn it on when they put the kids in bed and it runs all night long. And I love it because it resonates through the whole house at night. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. But, you know, we, we've, we found uh, a lot of kids and animals, uh, um, you know, really resonate with it and, and, you know, they're attracted to it, um, you know, as well. Um, you know, we have uh, numerous videos of, and pictures um, over the last few years that people have sent us with cats curled up on the top of it. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, enjoying it, um, dogs, you know, um, uh, avoiding their own beds sometimes and, and curling up right next to the core harmonizer on you know, wood floor or something like that, preferring yeah. to be around it, um, in terms of, uh, creating more coherence in one space and environment. Um, some of the practical steps are, uh, looking at what is in your environment because everything gives off, um, uh, or, or triggers, um, within you, um, not always consciously a thought. So if there's a lamp, you know, that, um, your great grandmother gave you and you couldn't stand your great grandmother, um, holding on to that out of a sense of obligation, uh, you know, because it's, uh, you know, family history or something, uh, I would get rid of it. You know, um, uh, we're not, uh, we weren't meant to be, uh, museums and, and, and keepers of, you know, all of these you know, things, especially if they don't resonate with you. So, um, you know, uh, that's one of the things that, you know, we did was we went through our house and we looked at like, how does this make me feel? If it doesn't make you feel good, you know, uh, or if it triggers a past memory, you know, you, um, you know, uh, that isn't positive, you know, just, uh, just let it go, you know, or, or at least clear it, um, at the very least, you know, clear the energy from it so that you feel good about it. Um, so that is, uh, you know, one method of just, um, taking your space and also, um, you know, uh, sometimes it happens to do with rearranging your furniture so that there's better flow in the house. Um, uh, you know, if you have too much clutter, uh, you know, um, looking at that and, and releasing, you know, some of the, uh, the items and clutter, um, uh, some of the, uh, the technologies that we have, you know, we have the, uh, the cohere meditation mat, um, uh, which is an amazing piece of technology that uses, uh, frequencies. Um, there's a console and we're taking light and music, um, from that and putting it into the, the mat. There's the, uh, uh, uh core harmonizer that, uh, you've mentioned a number of times here. And the core harmonizer is a great, pl uh, great piece of technology for imprinting space. Um, it's also allows you to process life real time. Um, so you can actually have it on, uh, like you did, uh, 24 hours a day, if you want only uses like half a cent of, of electricity an hour, um, and, uh, um, creates coherence. Um, you know, uh, we have numerous people that have left it on. I think one lady's left hers on most of a year now. Um, and, uh, she leaves it on for her pet as well. And even when she's not there and uh has imprinted her space and and the surrounding areas um so that uh is important also um every time we uh 
um, do something, we're really voting. You know, we think of voting as just like for candidates and uh, presidential elections and and uh, and so forth. You know, town officials, but really everything we're doing is casting a vote. So what you're uh, putting into your body, you know, are you eating organic or non-organic? Are you um, you know, just eating, you know, greasy potato chips and so forth. Um, you know, that all has an impact on, uh, your, uh, um, your being, your well-being. Um, because in reality, it's sort of <laughs> all information, right? So if, if you're, we're buying something that, you know, is a high fructose corn syrup in it, that's, um, uh, uh, generally a lower idea. Um, it can be transmuted to a higher one. Um, uh, cause everything is consciousness, but if the motive behind selling that product is, uh, um, you know, it has MSG or something like that, you know, for addiction, um, and, and so forth, um, we have to start to look at what we're consuming, you know, what we're signing up for, what we're subscribing to, because I think that all, um, has a, a great impact in our lives. Um, and so looking at that, uh, you know, is, is very important as well. Uh, one of our other technologies um, is called the quantum flow unit, and it's uh, um, a bigger piece of technology. It looks like a, a giant bed, and um, uh, there's only a few of those out in the world uh, at the uh, um, at this time. Um, and uh, it it uses um, uh, frequencies of music, light, and um, uh, and geometries. And this is more like a whole house cleaning in terms of it allows you to connect to higher levels of awareness. Um, people end up uh, um, releasing all sorts of things, whether, whether it be physical, mental. Um, we've had people connect to lost loved ones in there. We've had people get inspirational messages. We've had people actually um, self-heal, you know, um, and uh, change uh, different physical uh, manifestations, you know, have taken place that have, um, you know, been supportive and positive, um, as a result of, of being in a coherent field. Um, so there's, uh, a number of technologies that we have that are out there and, and some of them are at centers, uh, um, you know, uh, mostly on the East coast, um, at this time, but we have different centers. We also created something, one of our, um, biggest projects was the light field, which is, it looks like a giant uh, eight foot sphere and it opens up and there's a star tetrahedron in there. There's a cube uh, um, and it it's a, a great resonant chamber that you go into and um, uh, creates a, uh, a huge information field. And when someone's in there, they have huge releases. So we have a nonprofit in Western Massachusetts um, uh, um, in Chester, Massachusetts, and it's called the Lightfield Foundation dot uh, com. If you want to go to see it, and it's open to the the public. It's a nonprofit, and we've done about seventeen thousand sessions uh, in there since two thousand and nine, I believe, when we opened. That's um, cool. It, yeah, it's it's been amazing. So, um, uh, out of it, it, it took about a quarter of a million dollars just in parts to build the Lightfield. Not um, to mention all the time, which it took uh, a year and two months to build uh, most of it uh, and with many of us working on it. Um, so out of that, um, we realized we needed to create a more <laughs> affordable piece of technology. We couldn't charge half of a million dollars for one of these. Um, so we created the uh, the quantum flow unit, um, which I was mentioning earlier, 
um, and that you know is about sixty eight thousand dollars. Um, but it's much more affordable and uh, transportable for a center or something like that. So there are there's a center in um, New York City that has one. Uh, my wife has one at the Awaken Wholeness Center uh, here in Rhode Island um, that she puts people through on a daily basis. She's there now, um, and uh, we have one down in North Carolina as well. So, how about since and I know you create and sell you you cut your own vogel crystals and those are very powerful transmitters of information and energy um wouldn't it be safe to say you can create information fields if you coupled prayer or positive thoughts or visions or dreams with the use of a high quality crystal or crystals in your home space wouldn't that have a, a very therapeutic and positive effect yeah absolutely um we sell uh um and our cutter cuts uh um uh vogel cut crystals which are natural quartz crystal that are cut with specific angles uh um relative to the growth angle of the natural quartz um and then also the internal angle um, on the receiving end, which is known as the female end. Um, so it basically has, um, to describe to the listeners, it's, it's a crystal with two pointy ends, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the larger pointy end is the, uh, um, the receiving end. And so you can use, uh, intention and there's, um, uh, lots of different videos online, you know, and we're, we're creating a, a very thorough one at the moment as well, um, on utilizing these crystals, but, Basically, you use the crystal as an amplifier of uh, intent and information, and they're extremely good at um, cohering uh, love, energy, and thought. And uh, um, the way that they're cut, actually, a natural um, uh, quartz crystal, which is six-sided um, uh, naturally, uh, is actually in resonance with water. And water, you know, a, a snowflake is six-sided as well. And um, they have a um uh vibrationally uh um uh, a vibrational match um and because the human body is approximately 70% water depending on how hydrated someone is um utilizing a, a crystal for intention and healing you know purposes is uh uh really in resonant with uh with the body and so um you can use these crystals uh for healing on yourself and others um, and, uh, um, uh, there's a whole, uh, we're working on a video and there's other videos out there on how to program the crystal and, and, uh, tune it up, uh, for yourself. Um, but they're amazing at, uh, creating coherence. And we actually use these Vogel cut crystals in our technologies. There's one in your core harmonizer below the copper cones, and it's amplifying that information and projecting it upwards. Some people say that, uh, uh, a uh, Vogel cut crystal is like a laser in terms of it's taking uh, energy that's somewhat scattered from the input end and focusing it and then beaming it out the tip um, and cohering it. Uh, Marcel Vogel, who was the uh, discoverer of the, uh, the late Marcel Vogel, who's the discoverer of the Vogel cut crystal, he worked for IBM um, and he was uh, quite an amazing uh, man. He worked uh, in the area of liquid crystals and um, magnetics and uh, luminescence. Um, and he 
he had his name on about a hundred patents uh, that he had worked on at IBM and was one of their top scientists. And he actually discovered that you could um, cut natural quartz crystal a specific way and uh, and use it for storing information um, and sending, you know, receiving and sending information. And, uh, um, and so uh, he ended up leaving IBM and just focusing on these crystals and became very well known. And he had all the scientific background to uh, um, uh, validate, you know, their effectiveness. Um, and uh, um, yeah, it was pretty amazing. So he's he he was the uh, the discoverer of it, and he gave humanity this tool um, that can be used for creating coherence. And it, they're easy to use; they're small. You can put them in your pocket. You know, we sell them with a little fabric uh, Sherpa line pouch um, that we um, hand stitch up and. Uh, um, they're just amazing, you know, they're very beautiful as well, but they're extremely functional. Um, and my father first was introduced to these crystals, maybe I want to say oh, it was probably 25 years ago now. And when he first heard about him, he was like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> sounds a little woo woo. Um, and but he was a very scientifically minded man, um, you know, member of the National Academy of Engineering, a, a, a elected member of that. And so he he liked uh, research and validation. And so he, um, you know, spent considerable time, you know, looking into this and discovered that, yes, in fact, you can use these crystals um, as uh, amplifiers of uh, information and intent. And so we ended up uh, incorporating these into uh, almost all of our various technologies that we use. They um, uh, play a role in them and uh, they're quite amazing. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, one of the thoughts i had too is um i'm an artist and i over the years have done what i call check healing oracles so when i have people with illnesses or various challenges i'll connect to their soul and ask for an image that would help them heal and then i'll paint it and i'm sensitive enough to energy to easily feel the information field coming off of any piece of art and wow. My wife, Angie, is a, a highly trained um, practitioner of biogeometry, which is, you know, um, are you familiar with biogeometry? So, yeah, absolutely. And uh, so we're, we're uh, launching that program uh, in our institute so the students can go through biogeometry training. But Angie will come and measure after I finish a painting, for example, and they're, they're always very high in BG3 energy, which is healing and centering energy. And when I built my, rock water charger here which i did with no tools or instruments or anything just letting my soul guide me and it's big you could probably put about 80 or 93 gallon bottles of water i've had 15 wow. or 20 people in there chanting and it, it acts like a resonant chamber made of stone but when when i right when i finished it i went and got her and said i want you to check to see how much bg3 is coming off of this thing so i know if i need to fine tune it and she was absolutely shocked. Her pendulum was swinging so powerfully. It was like a helicopter. Wow. She looked at me and she said, I've never ever in my entire time working with biogeometry seen anything produce this much centering energy. It's, she said, it's, it's just unbelievable. Wow. But my point I'm leading to is that I think art can be created to create information fields that are healing. 
And I think that someone with the skills uh, knows how to tap into a person to know what geometries and what colors and what combinations produce healing frequencies. But wouldn't it be safe to say that, let's just say you went to a, say you were dealing with cancer or an illness or grief or loss in the family and you went to an art gallery or you were out just shopping and you came across a piece of art that had a, a, a soothing effect on you, a calming or a healing effect on you, something that just you just felt really attracted to it. Couldn't putting that on the wall in your bedroom or your house or even going a step further and putting a high quality crystal beneath it, I would couple it with a with a uh, candle so that the light hits the painting and goes resonates back into the crystal and broadcast that information field into your room. Wouldn't that be a way of creating coherence in a space? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, especially, you know, if the artist was using intent, it, you know, um, you know, while they were creating the art itself, uh, you know, we, um, do a lot of, uh, resin casting with some of our products, you know, as well. And so having the positive thoughts, you know, especially when the resin is in its soft form and, um, and hardening, you know, that's really important. So, um, if someone was painting a picture and, uh, they were adding their coherence, especially while they, um, before the paint was drying, you know, uh, as well, that would be awesome to infuse it, uh, it into it that way. You don't ultimately need to do it that way, but, um, you know, it's sort of a beautiful representation, but yeah, absolutely. Um, art, you know, um, things that make you feel good like that, that, um, coherence, uh, that bring you into a higher energy state, uh, vibratory state, um, you know, when we, when we start to move into, um, you know, w when we start to look at our lives and we start to adjust just the little things years ago, um, I decided to look at every aspect of my life. So I got away from, um, uh, you know, white sugar, stopped eating white sugar. You know, I started to eat organic, um, a lot of raw, you know, uh, uh, turned vegetarian. I even went as far as, you know, when I needed to buy new clothes, I bought organic cotton, you know, um, as well. And I started to, um, try to harmonize everything, you know, in, in my environment. And I think, you know, as we, the more that we're able to do that, uh, it, uh, allows us to enter more readily into a higher, uh, frequency band. And when you start to do that, you realize that there's other toolboxes that start to form when you're following your dreams and you're singing your song, yes. um, you know, that, uh, otherwise are not, uh, available um, uh, to you. And so, uh, things like inspiration and intuition, if you're, if you're, um, doing a job that you can't stand to do, and you're just doing it for money, you're not going to be able to access you know, these, uh, um, this toolbox, unfortunately. And we've all been there. You know, I used to, um, for a while I was working for, um, high-end clients, uh, um, up in, uh, in New Hampshire and, uh, taking care of their, you know, multi-million dollar homes. And it was a lot of fun for a while. And then I sort of outgrew it. And I realized that, um, uh, I needed to, um, sing something, you know, and there was something in my heart that needed to be sung. And so I ended up writing a book, uh, called unsubscribe, which, um, at that time, uh, right as I started to write it, my mom passed on suddenly, um, in, in Paris, France, um, on a trip with, uh, uh family, um, just literally left the body. 
and uh, which was a total shock. And I realized at that moment that um, if I left, uh, um, you know, did I feel like, did I feel like I would be happy, you know, when I went back and did my life review with my life? And the answer was absolutely not. I had more things to do and more songs to sing. And so at that moment, I uh, um, left all my clients, which, you know, I was uh, caretakers for and uh, property maintenance and uh, integrated into their lives hugely. And they were, they had become great friends in many ways. And and I was just, uh, I literally had to leave that. So we left that. I sold, we even sold our house. We were living the so-called American dream with the, the big uh, mortgage and the two cars in the garage, or, you know, in the driveway and, you know, sold that and um, ultimately bought a foreclosure and, and uh, fixed that up. And we thought we were supposed to live there and then ended up selling that and it brought us to the next thing. So I think um, when we look at things in our lives that aren't bringing us joy, my dad used to say, joy is the indicator whether something is correct or not. And so he even used joy um, to determine uh, in creating technologies whether something is right or not. We'd have two different um, uh, materials or we'd have, uh, you know, two different uh you know, laser mounts or whatever they were. And, you know, which one are we supposed to, you know, use, you know, here, you know, and he would say, whichever makes you feel joyful inside, because mm. joy is a resonant frequency that is uh, really a compass needle that guides us, you know, in the direction that we need to go. So, um, you know, it can be very hard and uncomfortable letting go of something that, um, really isn't working for us, but we feel like we have to do out of necessity for survival, you know, so it's very scary, you know, when we, when we, um, are, uh, in the process of needing to let go of something, but, uh, when you start to let go and you just trust the process and you just say like, there has to be something better. And I can always go back to that if I need to, um, then all of a sudden you realize there's another another step that starts to form in front of you and then another and you can take that and just see where it leads you. I agree 100%. Um, there was something that rose up, but I, I was just uh, not wanting to stop your flow and, and I lost it, but that's okay. I think everything that you're sharing is so important and I think people have become so conditioned to believe that they've got to do things that they don't enjoy doing to make money but they, I think if, if more people were taught true spirituality and how to access their soul and, and get guidance from their highest self and trust that when your intention is to help make the world a better place for all living beings and to live your life fully, that you always are guided. And I know I've had to work through it doesn't mean your life's going to be easy right there's times like building a new business penny and i weren't went through hell to to deal with what we had to deal with to grow the check institute and all the employees and money fluctuations and resistance to my new ideas but you know i tell people a labor of love is sustainable but labor without love is just labor and it and it, <laughs> yeah. it burns you out and it makes life very flat and that's how you you know, invite disease in to remind you that there's uh, a real process of manifestation taking place. You know, your disease is usually a mere image of your mental perception of yourself and your situation. So I think that there's 
just a lot of possibilities uh, for all of us to, you know, these things that we're talking about, they seem way out there, but as you very well know, there's just mountains of science behind all this stuff these days. Just people are just so poorly educated. They they hear a guy like me and you having a talk and they think, well, these guys are just a bunch of fluffy hippies, but sitting right on top of my desk right here, I've got mountains of books. One Mind by Larry Dossie, Forgotten Truth by Houston Smith, Death, Dreams, and Rebirth by Stephen Rosen. Science, Paradox, and the Mobius Principle, Entangled Minds by Dean Radin. I mean, I can go on and on. I've got hundreds of books by top scientists showing that the odds, for example, of psi are a trillion to one against chance, you know? And like, it, most people are so caught in scientific, materialistic, conditioned beliefs that they actually will go get their self-radiated slash burned and chemoed before they'll actually sit down and have a conversation with God, you know, or sit in their garden or get clear on what their dream is or say, which relationships are not working for me that are stressful to me, but maybe I'm sticking into them because I'm afraid to be alone or I, I haven't developed the ability to love myself. So I'm willing to get beat up by people in hopes of getting some love. I mean, you and I both know the list is long, but there is the, the amount of technology we have within, around, above, and below. I call it the divine waba within, above, around, and below is phenomenal. And I think one of the greatest gifts of my life is that I've been able to take my pain and my challenges and use them as a reason to get very still and sit in the sauna and have long conversations with <laughs> my soul. And almost always it leads to some kind of breakthrough, you know? Absolutely. Hi, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the show. And I've got something great to share with you. I think you've all heard plenty in the news about zinc. But what you haven't heard about is Symbiotica's amazing new zinc complex, which is all organic and a unique formulation. And so because Sherveen's the expert and the formulator and the founder of Symbiotica, I brought him in to tell us about the zinc complex and when we know we should use it because of the symptoms we're having. So Sherveen, how do we know we need this complex? You know, zinc, I'm a mineral guy. Yeah, you know? I know. <laughs> it's Thank like, God. Yeah, hallelujah. I mean, minerals are the root foundation of thought, emotion, and we're actually being present in the physical body. Without minerals, nothing can happen. Vitamins can't operate. Functions in the body can't happen. Hormones can't be made. You know, minerals are everything. And zinc in particular is very unique. I mean, think about it. They dip steel in zinc to keep it from corroding and rusting. That's called yeah. galvanization, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just think about what it's doing in the body. Zinc acts as a super antioxidant in the body from top to bottom. Yeah. If you're deficient in zinc, most likely you have low libido, mm -hmm. low energy, depression. You're not motivated. You might have flaky skin. Mm. You're probably not sleeping well. You're probably not metabolizing well. Zinc is so profound in the human body that it crosses almost every barrier in the body. What do I mean by that? It's in your saliva. Yeah. It's in your snot. Mm -hmm. It's in your piss. Yeah. It's in your sweat. It's everywhere. And why is that? Because the our bodies are designed to operate with good zinc in the body. So mm -hmm. this formula is powerful. The results that we're having, the testimonials we're having, and just take it from me, this might be the most powerful formula we have at Symbiotica, and that's saying a lot. We have three 
forms of zinc in here. Two of them are trademarked. We also have two forms of copper in here. Copper and zinc might displace each other. That's why we have to have the perfect ratios in there. Uh -huh. And then we also have selenium in there, mm. which creates the trifecta of these three critical minerals that we're not getting in our foods. Most people aren't eating oysters every day. Mm. And sometimes you just want to be able to reach in your cabinet and grab one little capsule I highly recommend eating this with your largest meal of the day mm. because it's that strong until your body acclimates to it. I'm very, very happy about how this turned out and the results that it's having for both men and women. Excellent. You know, I know that uh, selenium deficiency is linked to uh, heart heart problems, holes in the hearts, heart valve dysfunction. Cancers. Yeah. Diabetes. Uh, New Zealand has a d deficiency of selenium in their soil and they were having a lot of problems with heart problems in the sheep there. Yep. And they tracked it to selenium deficiency. And I've also known of people that needed selenium to heal their heart. So what a great combination. So if you want to get your zinc complex, go to symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. And as a Living 4D listener, use the code CHECK15 on checkout and get 15% off your zinc complex and any of Symbiotica's amazing products. So enjoy and please take care of yourself. We all need to get our hands together and make the world a better place right now. So if your zinc complex and your Symbiotica products help us do that, then that's a worthy investment. Lots of love. Yeah, you know, I think we've been so conditioned to think that, um, uh, you know, life was not really meant to thrive. It's, it's something that you get through. You have some good moments, but most of it is... You spend your life doing stuff you don't really want to do, and that's really not what life is about. You know, it's it's really was meant to thrive. I mean, when we, you know, um, look at animals, for instance, there's this beautiful symbiotic relationship. You know, uh, the deer walks out in the field. You know, um, it eats the grass, it makes a deposit, it fertilizes the field, and um, and so forth. And uh, you know, analogies can always break down if you want to, want them to, but um, there's there's a beautiful uh, symbiotic relationship that's going on, you know, all over the planet. And man um, has distanced himself, you know, from uh, that relationship. And I think we're finally now just starting to get back to that point. And I think there's more and more people that are waking up and realizing, you know, uh, even during the pandemic, you know, uh, there were a lot of people that woke up and said, you know, what am I doing? This I can't stand this job, you know, you know, and they aren't going back to it. And um, I think that is, um, uh, can be, you know, positive, you know, change, uh, you know, too, in that, you know, um, some number of those people, you know, uh, will discover that, you know, there is a song within them that they want to sing and, uh, and that, they, that they are going to sing it. And I think as they do, they realize that they will have, you know, the support because if there is a, a song to sing within you, it means that there's an audience to listen. You know, um, the universe doesn't give you inspiration and then finding, um, uh, uh, and then you find out there's no way to express it where there's no one to share it with, you know, um, you know, if you are inspired to do something, uh, and it's, you know, based in the premise of love and coherence, you know, do that, you know, do that and don't be concerned or worried about, um, uh, the means in which, you know, that may manifest or how to get it done. That is really the universe's job. And if we were able to step out of the way and just follow that, 
you know, uh, without trying to control it. Cause my wife and I, you know, we're very good planners and we spend a lot of our, our lives planning and, um, thought we were pretty decent at it and so forth. But when we started to get out of the way and you realize how, how, uh, the universe is the, the master of infinite detail and how the universe can plan way better than you can, uh, it's just absolutely amazing to see things unfold. And that doesn't mean you don't take action. You know, this isn't, um, a talk about, um, sitting in a, a, you know, lazy boy chair and kicking back and hoping, you know, the universe, you know, unfolds. It is an action filled universe. You do have to take action, but uh, it can be inspired action. And I think that is the uh, is is the key. Um, one of the when you uh, um, were sharing uh, some of the titles of your book uh, uh, books there, um, one of the books that we refer to my wife, especially is the complete dictionary of ailments and diseases by Jacques Martel. And um, it's a great book um, in terms of looking up uh, different organs or, you know, you know, if you have a foot injury or a hand injury or what, um, uh, the, uh, um, some of the symbolism behind that, you know, what it represents. Um, I know, uh, um, uh, Louise Hay, uh, wrote a book, yes. uh, you can heal your, your, heal your life. Um, that also has, um, some great, uh, inputs in it as well. And it can be, um, uh, a great reference guide to, get you to start to realize like, you know, why something has manifested, um, and, and how you can actually get in there and, and release that and, and change that. You know, you reminded me of a saying by the Quakers, which I think is so appropriate. They say, pray and move your feet. <laughs> I like that. Don't just sit around waiting for God to do everything for you. And Walter Russell says in his teachings, the universe operates on a one-to-one -one principle. For every step you take toward your dream, the universe moves at one step toward you. Because ultimately, I believe we're here to become co-creators with source, intelligence, and that the challenges in life are ultimately um, the training ground within which we need to come to the point where we realize at some point in our journey that we have to co-create our experience we can't just expect doctors and therapists to take our pain away and drugs to take our pain away and keep blaming everything on everybody else so you know the quakers are saying pray but then do everything you can do and i think when it comes to to following your dream and, and really getting clear on what fulfills you you know some people say Oh, I, I can't write my book because I don't have enough time or money or I can't do this or I can't do that. And I, I always say, do what you can. If you've got a mm -hmm. piece of paper and a pencil, you can start outlining it. And if you know that you need silver beads and they're going to cost you 20 bucks, go buy the silver beads, even if the other $10,000 worth of material aren't there. And then include your silver beads in your prayer and thank Great Spirit for bringing the other pieces to you. And, you know, live as though the project is already happening and see it in its fruition so that you can stay in that mode of keeping your heart connected to it. And I, I believe that you basically magnetize yourself to the people, places, things, and resources by doing that each day. I mean, that's, we'll get into prayer, but that's really why prayer is so important to me because I, each day, spend quite often half an hour to an hour in the morning 
just giving thanks for all the things that I have. And, and I, instead of asking for things, I say, thank you for our new solar batteries. Thank you for our new well pump hardware and holding tanks. And I've been saying that for a year now. Well, guess what? This morning, we handed a guy a check for $19,000 and change and, and our wells being installed, our well pumps being installed. <laughs> but I had to pray and move my feet. So we put a series of workshops together and marketed them to people that want to come to the rainbow and do workshops. So we take the money from the workshops and invest it in the property. And we just had a workshop here last weekend with 30 people that paid for our well. Uh, for our pump and our, our hardware and our electrical and, and all the plumbing. It's a thousand foot well. So it takes a lot of pipe, <laughs> a lot of wires. Yeah. And wow. So I think, you know, most people, they, they, they're too passive. They don't realize that our consciousness is linked to source consciousness, but life is a participation sport. You've got to get involved. And a lot of people just, pray for God to put money in their bank accounts and make their pain go away, but they keep living the same way and thinking the same way that created it without realizing that you can't really heal that way because you're not learning anything. So then you just become another, you know, it reminds me of the Jim Carrey movie where he was God and he was answering everybody's prayers and just typing away endlessly. You know, It's like people think, God's just hanging around answering prayers all day. But the reality of it is God's not out there. God's everywhere. There, There is no place God isn't, or there would be nothing to hold it together. That's right. But you, you, you know, you made a, a comment earlier that led right into my next question. And, and, and that's this. I'm really confident that the U S military secret military groups like DARPA, and certainly large corporations like Google, BlackRock, Vanguard are all very aware of and using information field technologies to attempt to control people's minds, emotions, and choices. Knowing what you know about information fields, do you suspect that they're being used against human beings as a large part of the so-called pandemic? And from my research and uh, as part of Klaus Schwab's Great Reset Agenda, because that's certainly an interesting proposition. And if you don't think they are, the technology ex- exists to do so. So what can you offer as practical ways to counter negative influence of information fields that might be being generated by some corporation, some individual, or anybody that can reduce or our intent, their intention is to reduce, reduce our autonomy, our sovereignty, our freedom, and our health to keep us controllable and profitable, because I'm quite confident with my research that they have these technologies and have had them for a long time. They've tested them. They use them. You know, if they know something can be used to heal, then you just reverse the polarity and it can be used to keep people in a position that they're highly profitable and controllable. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, there's definitely has been, and, uh, has been probably since the beginning of, uh, human history, a, uh, uh, an agenda to, uh, control, um, uh, humanity, um, uh, to prey upon it. Um, yes, there's definitely, uh, information fields that are being utilized, um, to create incoherence and disharmony on the planet and being projected at people, whether it be, you know, subliminally, uh, you know, um, through their cell phones or other radiation and, and wave, you know, form, 
um, you know, and even just uh, things in kids' movies, you know, that are very subtle but um, have representations that you don't pick up on unless you really, really look and do the research. Um, so yes, that is uh, the case. However, the good news is, is um, we're on a planet where there's 8 billion people here. And I strongly believe that um, everyone has come for a reason at this time for a great change. And uh, there's going to be huge uh, planetary shifts. Um, and the way to protect ourselves is not live in fear. You know, I mean, it's, it's um, I think, important to research some of that and understand it, but not to, you know, inundate ourselves with it. And um, and be part of the change, which is uh, obviously very much in what what you're doing and what we're doing, and um, and realize that uh, um, lower ideas like that um, actually have to yield to higher ideas, and uh, um, those uh, the way that those information fields are being utilized, um, they're being utilized incoherently, um, and so uh, it's very easy for. Uh, that um, to almost look like a facade and start to unravel and uh, fall apart. And those that are involved will go after each other and attack each other and take each other out and, and, um, and so forth. So there will be a destruction of that. Um, doesn't have to end, end in demise for the people. I mean, there's lots of uh, people that have done very uh, um, bad things that then get transformed. Um, uh, even, I, I, you know, I love the song Amazing Grace and how the slave trader, um, just got a glimpse of what he was doing and then, um, uh, stood up for, uh, human rights and, um, and, and, and created change, you know, in, in parliament and so forth. And so, um, sometimes we have to, sometimes people have to go over to the dark side to realize the contrast of the light. Um, so I'm not worried about it. Um, I, I also realized that um, just like the the four minute mile, when someone broke the first four minute mile, people all over the the um, planet started breaking it. It, it was uh, once thought to be an unachievable goal. Someone bro- breaks the uh, the four minute mile, and then other people that didn't even hear that it had been broken started breaking it. Um, and so, as we um, as one person, and it always starts one person as a, at a time, and every person matters. But as one person starts to raise their awareness and consciousness, starts to act differently, behave differently, vibrate differently, it actually makes it easier for the next guy. And so, um, you know, I, I, you know, um, I pay tribute to those <laughs> that have come before me, uh, you know, before all of us um, that had uh, have done great things on the planet um, because it's made it easier for me and you and everyone else. Um, to um, be more of who we truly are, which is um, a beautiful expression of of love and God uh, manifested. Um, so um, I think the biggest thing to do is not partake in some of those uh, um, uh, um, you know dark energies and and when you whenever um, you see them being presented, uh, just turn off the TV, unsubscribe, walk away. Um, and focus on what you do want, because um, I think um, we can either focus on what we don't want or what we do want, and pouring our energies um, uh, towards what we do want actually um, creates a new model, a new um, 
uh, a new system that will unfold. And my dad used to always say, never fight the system or you'll get crushed. And that doesn't mean there aren't going to be people that stand up to it. And thank goodness that they do and that they protest and thank goodness that they do and they make calls and so forth. And I've done some of that myself. Um, but um, we need those to create the new system for all those um, people to gravitate towards. And when there is a new system, it's like, oh, you know, this uh, this version of, do you want dial-up internet or high speed? You know, um, you don't have to convince people. They just start walking away from the dial-up and they go to, you know, the high speed, so to speak. Um, I don't know if that's the best analogy, but. Well, yeah, uh, I, I think, I think it once, once what you're saying is once we reach a certain level of process and it becomes obvious to people what's possible and what's available it's natural for people to go with the one that offers the most support freedom or possibility yeah absolutely i mean you why know, not yeah. <laughs> yeah no absolutely you know and and i think um even when there is uh destruction and 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 chaos out of that you know the phoenix rises and you see such beauty and such generosity and kindness that i think otherwise wouldn't be activated in some people uh, unless they saw such darkness so it can be um a huge activator um and and indicate pe to people you know what what we don't want show us what we don't want so then we can choose what we do because i think most of us have literally been asleep at the wheel you know um and uh, and we're just blindly supporting some of these systems and these people and, you know, the uh, incoherence in the world and um, the consumerism and so forth. You know, the, uh, the, the cheap toys that break and, you, you know, that you get at the, the dollar stores and, and then you're throwing away, you know, the next day. I mean, we've all been, you know, uh, um, uh, partaking in that system. And I think we have to wake up and see, say like, okay, do we really want this in our world? We get to choose and every action that we take is actually a vote and yeah. we're going to change the planet through our voting. And I think more and more people are starting to realize that. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to talk a bit about prayer. We've talked about it a bit, but there's some more I think we could get into. And in your conversation with Nathan, I was really impressed. And oh, by the way, uh, I've got a friend named Naveed, who is an incredible shaman and artist and mystic. And his art, I wish you could have been here. He he came to do a ceremony with me and my buddy Ian Morris, the sound healer, who's also another genius. And he shared paintings that he'd never shared with anybody. He's been working on them, and he goes into these trance states and paints and he does this freehand and when you see what this guy can do it's mind-boggling but he had i think probably five or six canvases several of them were like five feet foot canvases and he had them all wrapped up and so we he unveiled them and then he said okay come have a look and it just blew our minds it was so wild i mean it affected the space in my house here, which is a, it's a, a, a house, but my office is in it. And it was just unbelievable. So he's given me one of my favorite pieces to share in my new book, which is going to be wild for people. Wow. That's it, awesome. It, yeah. And the piece is, is basically his painting of Christ consciousness. And it is unbelievable. I just forgot to throw that in there because there is people out there that are channeling very high levels of consciousness through art. 
and Naveed is definitely one of those people. So I'm, that's one of my favorite excitations about the book is when they find that piece of art in there, it's going to move them deeply. <laughs> that's awesome. But in your podcast with Nathan, I was really impressed with what you had to share about prayer and how your parents taught you and how you apply prayer in your life. And it's been part of my life for as long as I can remember. When I was real little, my mother was a Christian scientist. And then, um, and they're very big on prayer. But uh, when I was 12, she joined the Self-Realization Fellowship, which is, you know, the fellowship founded by Paramahansa Yogananda. And so prayer is a real consistent part of those practices. I've also studied prayer quite a bit, including Larry Dossie, MD's book, Be Careful What You Pray For. You might just might get it. And he's done a lot of research looking at scientific research in hospitals and showing beyond a shadow of a doubt, people that are being prayed for and don't even know it get far faster healing from even terminal diseases. And so, and there's also a lot in my PPS success master program and my holistic lifestyle coach program about how to use your mind effectively and, and pray effectively and dream effectively. So I'd love it if you could share your thoughts on the psychoenergetics and spiritual mechanisms or physics of prayer as a means of better understanding how it, why, how and why it works. And, and then any tips that you might be able to share to help people use prayer in a more effective means as a, as a tool for growth, healing and spiritual development. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. You know, um, I'll start off with just a simple analogy that um, my wife's uh, um, grandfather used, who was a uh, metaphysician. And he said, um, if you want apple pie, you have to start with apples. You can't start with cherries. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> and so uh, uh, when you're starting off uh, with prayer and healing, you have to start off with the, the premises of what you want to see. Um, you know, uh, uh, and the perfection. And so um, that's how I was taught early on is to focus on perfection. And um, uh, I know I, I shared uh, um, uh, 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 a couple examples in um, Nathan Riley's talk, and uh, I'll share a, a one that wasn't in there, which was um, uh, uh, when I was back in high school, I had um, uh, firewood business behind my barn and uh, behind my parents' barn. And I had um, lots of uh, logs dropped off by local tree services. And I had a, uh, I think it was like a 30 ton log splitter with a hydraulic ram. And I would split, you know, wood and sell the firewood in the, uh, the fall. And um, one day, I remember it was on Sunday, um, uh, Saturday night, my dad said, you know, I'll go out and help you, you know, in the morning. Um, uh, 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 before church. And, uh, so I said, okay, that sounds great. So I remember getting up real early and I go downstairs and he's lacing up his, uh, leather boots and, uh, had a red bandana around his neck. Uh, um, uh, and we walk outside to the splitter and we're, um, putting wood on the, uh, um, uh, on the, uh, the table and the hydraulic ram would actually shove it down and, and, uh, push it up against a fixed knife edge, a uh, big steel uh, um, uh, sharpened knife edge, and it would split the wood and the pieces would fall to the ground. And so I was operating the uh, the splitter and my dad was setting the, the wood on the table. And then my dad said, you know, let's, you know, switch, I'll run the splitter and you can set the logs on. 
So that's what, you know, I did. And I was used to working by myself. And, um, and when I went to set one log on, um, we were making great speed, you know, great production. And when I went to set one log on for some reason, rather than grabbing it on, on the center of the logging, setting it down, I put my hand on both et, uh, ends of the log and set Ooh. it down. And, and as soon as I did, he cranked, you know, the lever forward, just like he had been as soon as I set a log down, cause we were making great production and I yelled. And I could feel the knife, or I could feel the log butt hit my hand and um, go right into the knife edge. And um, uh, um, he gasped and he, and he um, uh, um, uh, let off the, the lever. And it was uh, seemingly too late. I, I held up my left hand and uh, I held it up and it looked like uh, two fingers had been cut off and another one severed. And uh, and I could even feel it happening, you know, at that time. But all of a sudden, I was just encompassed by this tremendous sense of love and peace. And and I just saw all this light. And I was led to hold up my left hand. And I just uh, um, took, uh, uh, used my right hand, and I just removed the glove. And, uh, and I, I looked at my hand, and all fingers were there. There wasn't a mark, there wasn't any redness, there was, you know, everything was complete. And, uh, my dad and I gave each other a hug, you know, here, the leather finger was, you know, one of the fingers was on the, on the, uh, the ground. Um, and, uh, uh, and I remember my dad said, you know, which was the most touching, you know, moment, uh, uh of it was he said, uh, I would have given my life for your fingers. And, uh, here, you know, he was running a high tech company with four or about 500 employees at the time, you know, multi-million dollar business. And uh, here he was willing to sacrifice his own life for his son's hand. And to me, that just indicated how much the creator, how much love, how much our true father and mother really loves us is that amount of love that you can uh, is so uh, it's almost unbelievable, you know, how much love and coherence there is towards each one of us. And uh I, you know, I, to, to this day, I still have that leather glove. And whenever I doubt, which is luckily not very frequently, I slide the glove on and, uh, and my fingers, you know, extend beyond the glove. And it was just such a beautiful example of how when we pray and, um, there's also this element of grace and it doesn't mean we always have to get it right. You know, that there's this divine, you know, love, this divine source that is also looking out for us. And as we do our best, you know, and we're all learning here, this is (laughs) really a school, earth school, um, uh, our best is good enough and we can rest assured in that. Um, So just, uh, um, you know, the miracles of prayer and, uh, you know, I couldn't have uh, sat there at that moment and tried to think up, you know, a prayer that would have, you know, mended my fingers and protected my fingers at that moment, you know, so it was definitely, you know, the grace of the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, source energy. Um, but there is this higher dimensional uh, uh, source that is looking out for us at all times. Um, one of the things that I utilized in prayer uh, and and my family and, and found very effective is to look at everything as in terms of qualities. So be unimpressed by the physical and look at things in terms of qualities. And I've used this time and time again in my own life, um, where, uh, um, uh, last, uh, um, I think it was last spring I was, um, 
or last summer, I was uh, awoken in the middle of the night and my body was just covered in hives. And uh, I went to the, uh, um, use the restroom. And um, as, um, as I looked, at, uh, um, as I looked in the mirror, when I was washing my hands, I saw that there was hives all over my neck and sides. And, you know, it was a pretty scary and ugly picture. And all my scratch marks, you know, uh, um, from sleeping and itching. And uh, I called my wife. She was traveling. I was the only one at home. And she said, uh, and she didn't answer because she was, you know, it was like 2 a.m. or something. I was led to go into the other room and I sat next to the core harmonizer, which was on. And I grabbed myself a glass of water and I just sat there and the message, you know, came, fill your thought with so much gratitude. So I listened and I just started filling my thought with gratitude to the point where there were tears streaming down my face. And that uh, gratitude actually ended up transforming the experience. An hour or so later, I was drinking a lot of water. I got up to use the restroom again. I was just so filled with joy and peace and gratitude. Um, when I went to wash my hands, I glanced in the, the mirror, not trying to check out anything or uh, you know look at anything. And I realized like, oh my gosh, all the symptoms had you know dissipated and there were no scratch marks. There was no redness. All the hives dissipated. I had never had hives before. Um, and so what prayer does is to me is it, it brings you into a different frequency band or range where that physical manifestation or what, what, whatever you're dealing with actually can't exist and doesn't exist. So that's how you're able to transform yourself uh, 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 or transfer yourself out of that experience. And that is also the mechanism for instantaneous healings is where we actually shift realities. Because um, when you start to look at matter, matter um, presents itself as very physical and very real. But um, the physicists will tell you, the top physicists, <laughs> leading edge physicists, um, and and my you know dad was one of them, um, uh, will tell you that actually matter is blinking in and out of um, a reality constantly, um, so that it actually appears real. I think um, it's at ten to the minus forty four is the actual speed. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, was that Mach Mach Planck? I think. Uh, I learned it studying the work of Shelley Joy, uh, who's very deep. Um, I've got about eight or ten of her books, but she's just very deep into everything from Tantra to Jungian psychology to quantum physics. She's an electrical engineer, um, done a lot of shamanic work, deep training in deep spiritual traditions like tantra and others but this woman's able to marry the most advanced sciences with the most advanced spiritual practices and she's very good at math so it's loads <laughs> of quantum physics and you know she writes you know journal level for major journals and very very powerful writings and um, so in in her books she deals a lot with what consciousness uh probably is based on all the research and her own experiences and um she basically in one of her books shows that the refresh rate of the universe is 10 to the minus 44 mm -hmm. wow which is for those people that aren't really in touch with what that is that's 10 with 44 zeros behind it uh so you take a second and you divide it by 10 with to the minus 44 uh, which would be a number that I wouldn't even know the name of, 
but that's the speed that the universe is blinking in and out of existence at. Which is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. Hi, everybody. I sure hope you're enjoying the podcast today. You know, it's sad that most people are either in too much of a rush to prepare fresh organic greens, be they vegetables or green fruits like fresh green apples, and end up grazing on inferior foods. But it comes with a cost. Nutrient depletion, reduced capacity to handle stress, reduced immune resilience, and you age more rapidly. But Organifi comes to our aid again with an amazingly tasty, nutritious addition, their new crispy apple green juice. But it's more than just another apple drink. It's packed with your favorite adaptogens and superfoods. Some key features of Organifi's new crisp apple green juice are delicious taste from organic crisp apples, organic whole apple sources hand-picked, including Golden Delicious from Washington, Northern Spy, Macintosh, Ida Red, and Empire from Ontario, Canada. The new crisp apple green juice is formulated with the highest quality ashwagandha at an effective dose of 600 milligrams for helping your body handle stress more effectively and it's low sugar only two grams per serving but the taste is amazing for such a low sugar drink just add water mix and experience the joy of real food real fast go to organifi.com o-r-g-a-n-i-f-i.com and save 20 percent on organifi products when you enter your living 4d discount code capital c capital h capital e capital K, 20 during checkout. That's check 20 for your 20% discount on Organifi products during checkout. Enjoy Organifi's new crisp apple green juice. The other thing I wanted to talk about briefly is what I referred to as negative prayer. I, I was listening to a program a number of years ago with Deepak Chopra, and he cited research that showed the average person thinks 68,000 thoughts a day. And then not long after I was doing some research for a education course I was putting together. And I found another resource of people in the field of thought and mind saying exactly the same thing, except they not only said the average person thinks 68,000 thoughts a day, their research showed that 90% of the average person's 68,000 thoughts were negative in orientation. So I refer to that as uh, negative prayer. So, you know, that's kind of like doing black magic on ourselves. And I wondered if you could share your thoughts in this regard and any tips that you might have to help people break the black magic negative self-talk cycle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've got lots of things I use, but I want to hear what you might have to say. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, one thing that, you know, Mark, uh, Mark Newkirk used to say was that uh, if you could stop all human thought, the default would be harmony. <laughs> That's too good. <laughs> That's why I like to meditate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, you know, um, fortunately, um, uh, uh, coherent thought is much more powerful than negative thought. And so <laughs> luckily, even even while you know, um, uh, you know, I've experienced healing and, 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 and prayer being manifested and so forth and seen others do the same. It doesn't mean that you're devoid of all negative thoughts, thankfully, because <laughs> I don't think we would, any of us would advance otherwise. Um, so there is, uh, this really this grace 
um, both in the time delay in which manifestation occurs, especially with a negative thought, it feels like um, there is a time delay, although that is speeding up much faster these days where you have a thought, a negative thought, and all of a sudden some, someone's honking at you or something. And so, you're, <laughs> you know, it, it, uh, it's like the, the time, you know, in the past, you know, I remember, you know, 15 years ago, you'd have a negative thought and then something would come, you know, later on, you know, a week or a few days later, and you would wonder if there was a correlation or a positive thought, you'd wonder if the correlation, but time has sped up, you know, now where you have a positive or a negative thought and the manifestation is, you know, not far behind. Um, however, um, I think, uh, well, I know that a negative thought is not uh, as coherent and uh, it lacks coherence. And so um, you can have negative thoughts and positive thoughts and the positive thoughts actually trump the negative thoughts. Um, but it is important, uh, you know, to really watch your thought and, uh, um, and, and, and really, uh, stand, uh, border, uh, you know, with, uh, what, um, you're entertaining and thinking about. And when you do catch yourself thinking of negative thought about yourself or another to, uh, um, try to switch that. Um, but yeah, it, it is amazing how many thoughts we have a day and how many times we're uh, convincing ourselves we're either not worthy about it or not good enough or, you know, couldn't happen to me or I won't attract the support or whatever, it, you know, it is uh, or they won't call me or I won't be invited to this or that, <laughs> whatever it may be. Um, there's a lot of negative thoughts that are out there. Um, uh, so um, yeah, you know, I think, uh, standing Porter at the door of thought and, and recognizing that, um, uh, first of all, claiming that a positive thought is much more powerful than a negative thought. If we can all claim that for ourselves, you know, you're, you're, you're writing, um, some of the rules in your own experience. So make, make that claim is important. You know, a positive thought is many, many, many times, uh, more powerful than a negative thought. And then, uh, also, I, I find that when we start to do more and more of what we love, the negative thoughts don't bombard, bombard us as much because we're in, in a different state of being, a different uh, uh, awareness and consciousness. So um, if you're doing a job you can't stand, you're going to find out, um, you know, be thinking about how, you know, someone didn't clean up next to the coffee maker and how, you know, this is bad and that's bad and blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. But if you're doing something that you enjoy and you love, there's going to be more support, uh, and supportive thoughts for that. So, um, yeah, it, that, that would be my suggestion. You know, uh, the thought that came to my mind as you were speaking there is that negative thoughts are typically coupled with negative emotions, negative postures, facial expressions, and behaviors. And in general, the only people that want to be around that are negative people, right? <laughs> yeah. But when we have positive thoughts, we have positive energy, and it is more enjoyable to be around, and people are more likely to harmonize with us when we're in that state. So one fact that I think is important to be aware of is that when we orient ourselves towards possibilities and, and a positive outlook on life, we naturally harmonize and bring other people into that vibration so we can get a lot more force coupling, if you'd like, by being positive because more people are likely to harmonize with us in that regard. But if we're walking around negative, we tend to isolate ourselves 
and be inevitably become alone unless you're just hanging around with a bunch of you know equally dark people and then it's just darkness with darkness and so you know not many people want to hang around with that kind of low vibration so i think one of the benefits of of, of a positive orientation positive outlook positive self-expression is that you bring people into that energy and they naturally resonate with you so negative thinking is kind of like being out of tune when you're singing in a choir it throws the harmony out but when we're positive everybody sort of steps into tune because the joy and the upliftment of it so i think when you look at the coupling of minds and the power of coupling of minds you know if you look at random event generators and, and what they show when a lot of people are focusing on 911 or the uh, princess diana's issues or death or uh you know any of these big events they they are so powerful they make random generators be become very far from random so you can see that the coupling of minds actually affects everything even random event generators even the rate of radio decay of an atom because that's what's driving a random event generator so if, if we realize that when we're trying to when we really want to live our dreams and and make it through transitions in life if we can harmonize in our heart and see the possibility in the future and trust that the universe will support us it's more natural to be it people are going to be more magnetically attracted to that and want to work with you and and you inspire that in people the next thing you know you've got a multiplication of power you know just like if you go to a rock concert you never see one amplifier or one speaker you see a row of 50 amplifiers all parallel processing together to drive 150 speakers and you can light up a stadium. Well, we can do the same thing with our friends. And that's what I think we've got to do in the world right now. We've got to couple together with a clear vision of what we want for the world and for each other. And we will be able to, shall we say, cohere the negative energy, literally just reorganize it like a cymatic energy reorganizing the sand on a vibration plate Absolutely. I, I, I really think we've all got to do that and, and that leads right to your next question is you know you speak about singing your song and one of the most important questions a skilled shaman will ask you to try to figure out when you know whatever happened happened to you and how it happened is when did you stop singing mm -hmm. and so then you look at the effects of vibration on the physiology from singing, chanting, toning, which has been well-researched. Um, I'm just wondering if you could share what your concept of singing your song is and how that contributes to raising your vibration and uh, any other tips that you think might help people um, with regard to raising their vibration other than what we've already covered. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think... Um, <clears throat> the world is big the universe is big and i think we all have you know every single person has a purpose uh and our purpose is it doesn't really necessarily matter the mechanism uh that you use to get there but uh our purpose is to really express love to grow to learn and to realize you know how, how interconnected we are and um we all have a purpose that allows us to uh, realize more and more of that. 
And so I think getting out of our own way, listening and going, you know, from the head to the solar plexus to the heart and feeling what actually feels right, because it is really a feeling universe and use that as our compass needle to guide us to what to do. And, and it always, you know, every journey starts with the first step. So even if you're like, oh, I don't know what, you know, would bring me joy. I don't know what I, you know, uh, want to do. Even if you just know what you don't want to do, that is, a, you know, that is a step in the right direction. So stop doing what you don't want to do and, um, and, and do your best to eliminate any fear associated with keeping you in that uh, state of being um, and, and move forward. Um, uh, so, yeah, you know, I guess that's uh, singing, singing your song is so important in that we don't all have the same song that we want to sing, you know, and, and if you have a song you want to sing, there is an audience, there is a support structure that will meet you. Um, and getting out of our own way and rather than trying to control on how that song's, you know, sung in what order, uh, you know, um, you know, all, all the details, you know, it's just leave the details to the universe, take the first step you know, it is an action filled universe, like we talked about. So you have to take action, but just continue to move towards things that make you feel joyful. And you know that because your body feels better, you physically feel better, you're in a better mood. Um, and sometimes it may be leaving some of your old friends, you know, that aren't interested in growing. It may be transforming some of your own friends when you walk into a room, you know, and uh, maybe historically there's been negative talk, be the uh, the thermostat, you know, not the thermometer. You set the tone for that room. When you walk in, bring that vibration that you want to experience, that you want to express, um, and, uh, and, and you can change the subject, you know, matter if, if it's not, you know, of, of a high frequency or walk away or, or whatever. But um, uh, just moving in that direction, I think is, is the most important. Um, and, and just watching it unfold, you know, it may, you may start off thinking this is where I want to go and it ends, uh, ends up leading you somewhere else. And that's beautiful too. And you wouldn't have actually started if you knew the something else, because maybe the something else you might not have been interested at or not known that that was going to serve you. Um, so you had to start off in another direction, but, um, just taking those footsteps is, is important. And knowing how much support and love we all have, there are people, like I mentioned, all over the world praying for coherence and harmony, and that includes you. There are higher dimensional beings. There are um, uh, higher uh, um, aspects of yourself, you know, even, you know, here to support you. So you have tremendous support. We aren't separate alone. You know, there's this big interconnected uh, web, uh, you know, and we're all part of it. And um you know, just trust that process. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're at a time right now where it's, I don't think there's a more important time than ever for us to manifest harmony with each other and the planet. Um, you know, if we manifest harmony with each other, but we don't start being more moral and ethical with the use of technology, then we're just going to be harmonized people that watch the planet die and off we go. Um, so I, I really think we we have to get past a human centric orientation toward life and realize that we're part of a great chain of being and we've got to uh, pray for love and care for the planet itself 
which is certainly not in the agenda of those involved in the Great Reset or behind COVID. Um, have you got any quick tips just before we close out on what you think we should really orient ourselves to in the world due to the issues that are going on right now? Orient yourself, you know, towards love, you know, because love is the highest frequency that there is, you know, express it whenever you can uh, feel it whenever you can, you know, resonate with it. And uh, that simple act uh, is in itself the, uh, the um, really the, the, the act in expressing it uh, um, is, is the gratitude. Uh, for creation and and uh, um, I, I once heard uh, that um, uh, gratitude is uh, the lubricant uh, that uh, oils the uh, the hinges to the door of opportunity and I think um, staying in that gratitude frequency of love band and knowing that there's infinite possibilities and that um, uh, for humanity to uh, evolve there has to be a destruction of the old so there will be a bubbling up of this bubbling up of everything uncomfortable that has been hidden you know uh um all throughout humanity there's been you know deceit there's been lying you know there's been ulterior motives and you know trafficking of people and all this kind of stuff all this has to bubble to the surface so we can all really take a look at it and release it and let it go but um, it starts with, uh, it's, it really starts with love and just support uh, in the world that which you want to see, really. Yeah. Well, here's my last question for you. If you knew you were going to die tomorrow and you could get a message to the world right now, what would it be that you'd want to share with everybody as you shift dimensions? It would be you have everything that you need right now. You're not dependent on waking someone else up. You uh, you have everything you need to heal, to express, to uh, uh, create right right here and now. Um, it's you're not dependent uh, on on anything else. Uh, you have what it takes, and you have all the support uh, right now. And now is the time to sing your song. We we need not wait. Just you can sing it now. Beautiful. Let's sing together. Here's my song that Angie and I created. I'll share it with you. It's one Great. of the songs we sing with our students. Well, I'm grateful for this life, and I'm grateful for this love, and I'm grateful for this moment with you right now. A whole great spirit. Mm. What a Beautiful. great conversation, man. Well, thank you so much, Paul. This has been great. Yeah, I just love having a chance to talk to people like yourself that really live and love fully and use their creative genius and create things to help people live better, love better, heal, grow, and enjoy life more. And um, where can people find core harmonizers, vocal cut crystals, meditation mats, and all the amazing stuff that you offer? Oh, well, thank you. Um if you go to ConsciousTechnologiesLLC.com, you can see um, the uh, technologies that we manufacture, everything on the website we make. We also have some resource videos. 
um, you know, on there as well um, that my uh, dad and and uh, I, um, I have done. Um, and if you're interested in the uh, uh, Vogel Cut Crystals, you can go to VogelCutCrystals.com, VogelCutCrystals.com. And if you want, if you're local to uh, the East Coast and you want to go to the Lightfield, um, which I had talked about, which is our nonprofit, you can go to LightfieldFoundation.com, L-I-G-H-T, LightfieldFoundation.com. Or you can visit uh, my wife at her center, uh, which is the AwakenWholenessCenter.com, which is in Wakefield, Rhode Island, AwakenWholenessCenter.com. And we also offer remote sessions through the Quantum Flow uh, as well. Um, so you can actually experience that anywhere on the planet. So that's fantastic. I can't remember. Did we work on any, uh, offering for living 4d listeners that you wanted to offer or, or I, I don't remember where we got with that. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you're interested in a core harmonizer, we're going to, uh, be offering the, the listeners, uh, $200 off of a core harmonizer. If you use coupon code, Check two hundred C H E K two zero zero, and then also if you're interested in uh, Vogel Cut Crystal, we're going to offer ten percent off of our Vogel Cut Crystals or anything on that site. Um, and our site was VogelCutCrystals.com, and the coupon code for that is Check Vogel ten C H E K V O G E L ten. Excellent, love it. Thank you so much. I totally enjoyed this conversation so much i can't wait to do it with you again sometime so next time you uh, have something you want to share let me know if i get an inspiration to say hey ross is the guy i got to talk to about this i'll let you know but i i can't get enough of these kinds of conversations because they just recenter me and re-inspire me and help me realize that there's so much magic even amidst all the chaos in the world and and you know what? There's no better time to be alive than when the world's full of chaos, when you know how to create harmony in yourself. <laughs> because, hey, you know, what's the point of being a cop if there's no bad guys or a doctor if there's no sick people or a mother if there's no children? So I think, mm -hmm. you know, it's up to people like us. And certainly, I, you know, the grand majority of my listeners are certainly of this mindset or they wouldn't have made it through this podcast. So I think it's just an amazing opportunity for us all to bring the light and heal the darkness and disperse it and, and harmonize it and help people look up and look in and hug and dance and sing and create together. Because I think we have such a beautiful planet and such a beautiful opportunity that if we really just do our best to share our knowledge, our wisdom and live as an example to others to follow, instead of just being talking heads and telling everybody else what they're doing wrong, if we show them what it looks like, then they will naturally realize that we're telling them the truth and want some of it. That's what I've found. Yeah, no, that's so beautifully said, Paul. It's a great pleasure to be on here with you and and uh, really grateful for all of your amazing work that you're doing and creating coherence on the planet. And Thank you. Um, and all the listeners that, you know, tuned in here today, you know, so grateful for all of you and, and your openness and willingness and all the things that you guys are all doing out there to create a better world and a better planet. So thank you all. Thank you. Well, thank you to all of you listeners. I really love all of you and 
I'm grateful that you share the podcast and share the wisdom. And I'm even more grateful that you bring it into your lives and use it because that's what makes it all worthwhile. The education isn't really education until it's being lived. And uh, thank you for anything that you buy from the sponsors because they uh, a little commission goes to support the podcast so that I can afford the time to put the podcast together and do the research and find the amazing people like Ross to have conversations with for all of our benefit. And uh, I really look forward to sharing something super cool and exciting with you in a week. And if you love the podcast, I'd be grateful if you'd leave a, a supportive comment on iTunes. And uh, until then, I look forward to sharing more with you all. And I hope that this conversation with Ross has really put some wind in your sails and helped you realize that we all have amazing technology within us and we have a lot of great opportunity and there's no better time than now in the world to truly start living our dreams so that we carry that happiness and that joy everywhere we go and help people see the possibilities and live them. So, aho, great spirit. It is done. It is done. It is done. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Living 4D with Paul Check and today's guest, Ross Newkirk. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and a warm review at the top of the show page on Spotify or at the bottom of the show page if you are listening on Apple Podcast. Ross is offering Living 4D with Paul Check listeners $200 off a core harmonizer. Visit ConsciousTechnologiesLLC.com and enter the coupon code CHECK200 at checkout. That's capital C, lowercase h-e-k, 200 at checkout. And you can also get 10% off a Vogel Cut Crystal by visiting VogelCutCrystals.com and using the coupon CHECKVOGEL10. That's capital C, lowercase h-e-k, capital V, lowercase o-g-e-l, one, zero. If you would like to learn more about Ross, please visit his websites, ConsciousTechnologiesLLC.com, AwakenWholenessCenter.com, and VogelCutCrystals.com. Or you can join the Core Harmonizer group on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Core Harmonizer. Follow Paul on Instagram at Paul.check, on Twitter at PaulCheck, or on his YouTube podcast channel, youtube.com forward slash Living 4D with Paul Check. Watch more on Paul's blog at paulchecksblog.com and get your free subscription to Czech videos and more at the Czech Institute's new media site, chekiva.com. Remember, you can read the show notes and find links to the resources mentioned in this episode at checkinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Podcast.